I've become like the, the, the punk Don Rickles. You know, I make fun of everyone and then I meet them. So I've been sucking some big dick lately. <laughs> Every week it's a new person. I go, I was just kidding. What's <laughs> up, Sylvester Stallone? I, I, um, my manager said that I'd never talk about him on stage again, so I've always, that motivates me a little bit more to bring up his fucking name. Because um, Stallone said he wanted to kill me. I'll get into that later. But um, <laughs> I talked about how he didn't go to Nam. He went to Sweden and taught girls uh, soccer during the Vietnam War. And then he makes a billion dollars off of this war. And I was watching Rambo 2 on a plane, and he says, you don't even need to rent the headphones, because you can hear it, the, you know, it's bleeding through the... It's like, ah, incoming, yo, duh. You know, so... <laughs> There's, like, women that look like Aunt B are behind me going, kill those fucking Domino Pinkles! <laughs> I'm cool on a plane until Zuma breaks out into a rousing chorus of La Bamba. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the guy in the Twilight Zone movie. There's a man on the wing of this plane. There's a man on the wing. So Stallone says, do we win this time? That's what he said in the movie. Do we win this time? And I go, what? What are you talking about? The girls' soccer championships? <laughs> and then he made a porno movie. And if you have the opportunity to see it, you got to see it. They re-released it. It's called Italian Stallion. My manager took it away because I said I was going to show it on stage. And, uh, <laughs> they find it at my house. He's going, who gave you this? It was like, who gave the gun to the baby? You know. <laughs> who gave you this? They're going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> my high-powered manager, Ruben Kincaid. You know. so, so, they, so, so in this movie, Stallone smokes, Stallone smokes a lot of gang, and then he starts shaking his moneymaker. He's like doing this, he's doing this wiggly dance. He's doing it, and he's, uh, he's smoking dope, and you see his dick, and then he's doing it. This is a really, really, way funnier than anything I will ever do on stage. <laughs> I could not touch that performance. It was thumbs up, you know. Okay. Down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. To the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? 
I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets out and says, oh my god. I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, Lenny, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Hey, what's going on, everybody? You've tuned into the one and only Hot Tag. It's yours truly, Shaheen. And Boxman. And we are the Persian and the Jew. You can check us out every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Mixler.com slash THT Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and show us some love by leaving a review. Really, really helps spread the name of the show. And for as little as $5 a month, you can listen to us on Patreon.com slash THT Network. That's right. Every week, we release a brand new exclusive episode for our Patreons only, including THT Extras, Persian and the Jews, and live commentary over pay-per-views. And for you movie fans out there, listen to Anthony and me on THT Movie Review every other Saturday right here on Mixler and anywhere you find good podcasts. And don't forget to visit NuclearHeatGraphics.com where you can find my original art prints which focus on all the nostalgic things that we love growing up, including movies, wrestling, and Saturday morning cartoons. Nuclear Heat Graphics. Beautifully handcrafted designs of nostalgic horror. We have such sights to show you. Wrestling. You, Hulk Hogan, must self destruct. Retro cartoons and entertainment. A fellow chucker, eh? Portraits, customized posters, fan posters, and so much more. Nuclear Heat Graphics.com. Art makes us human. might be wondering what the hell am i doing playing this weird song this is actually a song called demolition man by the police it's an old 80s song and it actually is where the name of the movie we will be talking about tonight comes from it actually comes from that fucking song so there you go thought i'd play a little bit of it for you what's going on everybody tht movie review a box man here anthony over there what's up anthony what's up what's up it is the '90s, isn't it? We just we just literally brought it back to the '90s. Yeah, we did. Honestly, watching this movie back today, man, like you said it before, man. But god damn, this movie did really predict the future. <sighs> you know, this movie takes place in what was it, 2032, I believe it is. Um, but yeah, you could plug a lot of this into 2019. I'm sure we'll get to it as it goes. 
but yeah, this is uh this is one we've been wanting to do for a while. Demolition Man. It's amazing how current eventy this movie <laughs> this movie is in only 20, 2019 When you know we still have uh, a little more time to go, thirteen more years to go before this uh, is supposed to be true. Uh, and this is and this is only supposed to be in one part of California, which wouldn't surprise me if this really would happen in a part in California. <laughs> and honestly, we'll get to it as it goes along. But it's funny that you mentioned that it happens in uh, California, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they get to that little uh, discussion later on in the movie between uh, Sandra Bernhardt's character and uh, Sylvester Stallone about a uh, Schwarzenegger being in office, I just—it's so much—it's uh. so much irony in this fucking movie, boy. Like if you really pay attention. Yeah, yeah, and that was Sandra Bullock. Not, not Bernhardt's completely different looking than this one. Oh shit! That's yeah. I'm sorry, Bullock. Bullock. Oh. Yeah, I mean Jesus Christ, and especially in this movie, she is incredibly hot. By the way, yeah, um, yeah, she's aging like fine wine. By the way, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. You know, I always go back and I remember that uh, that what was that guy? That monster garage dude, Jesse James was was dating her. The one that just dude that cheated on her, right? Cheated on her with a Nazi girl with a fucking swastika on her forehead. The fuck are you doing? Yeah, he traded down on that one. <laughs> oh my god! Look, the, that girl was was not bad looking that he cheated with, but it wasn't Sandra fucking Bullock. Now, fuck it, fuck it. Before we get too deep, uh, where would you uh, rank her? Like, I know uh, we talk about this a lot on the show, you know, and on the uh, wrestling show, but in terms of hotness, just mm. like attractiveness. Where would you put her on oh, a she, scale of oh, one to ten? Oh, she's in my top five. Top five? Oh, she's top five, dude. Yes. Presently, or like, just uh, was it ever was there ever a cutoff point, or would you say she's still top five? For oh, you? she's still looking good. Okay, she's still looking good. Oh yeah, she still looks not much different. She hasn't uh, she hasn't got all the shit in her face. I mean, oh, yeah, her, like I said, man, Asian yeah. like fine wine, boy. I mean, her nose has always looked like it was shaved perfectly by a surgeon. But <laughs> it's always looked like that. So that's fine. I'm good with it. But, uh, yeah, this movie, we're going to be talking about one guy we've talked about a ton already. So we're not going to get much into Wesley Snipes. You want to hear all our Wesley Snipes talk? He's a badass. He's a bad motherfucker. Go back and listen to Blade. I'm, I'm sorry, dude. We can't, we can't sit there and blow this guy for another fucking 20 minutes, you know? Hey, hey, we can't do, cause look, man's a fucking legend. <laughs> Man is. is a fu- look. Wesley Snipes is a national treasure, especially during like this era. I would say like late eighties till about the uh, I don't know, late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Fucking still, Wesley Snipes, if he wants to, can still kick some ass. Yeah. Now, one of the cool things about this movie is, and this this is something they used to actually have Bruce Lee have to do um, because of the speed of his punches and kicks. Wesley Snipes kicks and punches actually, if you notice, sometimes they look slowed down and awkward. Because he was so good at martial arts, his kicks and punches were so fast, they were blurry. He had to slow them down. Yeah, because he didn't want to have to intentionally, he didn't want to kill somebody for real, for real. Yeah, now this is, well, not only that, they, they were literally being blurred by the camera because they were so fast. Bruce Lee had the same problem. Matter of fact, there were. When the technology back when Bruce Lee was doing movies, it looked like he wasn't even moving. He was so fast. The camera so, literally could not keep up with how fast he was back then. 
So, Vox, I, I know you're a Stallone fan. Yeah. All due respect to Sly, yeah. based on what you just described to me, uh, Snipes would take him, right? Yeah, I think Snipes could take me, you know. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to admit it, but I, uh, <laughs> he might be able to, you know. <laughs> the steal a wrestling phrase, basically, uh, if this were a shoot, the heel would have went over. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so, and I, I don't think uh, I don't think Stallone would have any problem with that. Now, Jackie Chan was actually tapped to play Simon Phoenix and declined it because he didn't want to play a bad guy at the time. So, Wouldn't have worked. So the, yeah, I'm glad he did. Real glad they went with who they went with. You're right. Would not have fucking worked. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and plus, yeah, Chan just has that aura of, you know, he's kind of like, um, not to keep, you know, wrestling, but I can't help it because it's the perfect comparison. Jackie Chan to me is like the Ricky Steamboat of, uh, Hollywood. You know, mm-hmm. he just has that good guy aura about him when you can't picture him being a bad, badass. I mean, he's badass, but not badass. Yeah, but he's, Jackie Chan doesn't, he wants to be that role model type character. That's, if you notice, Jackie Chan is one that he's always said, you know, it, when I punch someone, I shake my hand like it hurts to show someone it hurts you too when you punch someone. That's the kind of thing he's trying to get through. You know, he, he's not just trying to be the I kicky ass guy. Yeah. <laughs> if, you know, you know what I mean. I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> Come to think of it, like, I do notice that. And all, another thing that I'm thinking of is, uh, I notice very rarely do I hear him actually use bad language in movies. He might slip in a damn or an ass, but if you pay attention, he doesn't use bad language a whole lot. No, doesn't like to do that. He's a very, like I said, he wants to have that role model characteristic, which, uh, let's face it, in Hollywood, there's very few. There's very few. As much as they tout how great they are, we've seen what happens. We've seen. We've seen. I mean, we've seen a lot of them go down. I mean, Jesus Christ, look what's happening right now with uh, Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin. Aunt Becky is probably going to jail, dude. That, that bro, that, that that's insane. I mean, I, I'm glad you brought that up, man. How fucking insane is it? That, like Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry. Shout out to whoever's coming up with these memes mm. and these little gifts. Yeah. <laughs> you are the true MVPs. Yeah. Because my guy, it, it's fuck. I mean, Felicity Huffman. And that that was the chick from uh, Desperate Housewives, wasn't it? One uh, of them? Yeah. 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 I mean, that, you know, that's a 50-50 to me, but I, yeah. Becky, that, I'm sorry, man, that still kind of blows my mind, man. That fucking, yeah. uh, Lori, what's her name? Lori Laughlin? Lori Laughlin. And isn't she married to William H. Macy? That I would have to look up. I'm one not of entirely them is, sure. Hold on. One of them is married to William H. Macy. Hold on. William H. Macy wife. There we go. That is Felicity Huffman. She's okay. married to, you know who William H. Macy is, right? Oh, of course. Good oh, actor. Great actor. I will never, uh, again, serious leftist liberal. I, I again, it's not going to stop me from watching shit you're in. One of the best movies he's in that I absolutely love is called A Civil Action with him and Travolta. Great. Yeah, I, I've heard of that movie. I don't think I've seen it, though. I know what it is, though. Really good movie. Really fucking good movie. I really like that movie. Um, Older movie, but uh good long movie, very emotional movie also. Um 
but uh yeah yeah so that definitely is a weird situation though man with those uh with all that shit happening and i mean they were literally and you know the funny thing is about that laura laughlin her daughter is a model she's beautiful she didn't even want to go to school every video of her on instagram she's on a boat drinking (laughs) or she's on the (laughs) beach drinking or she's at in paris drinking I mean, so ba- so basically, she's a stere- stereotypical young white woman living her best life, <laughs> uh, drinking on the beach, not a care in the world. You know, when people bring up white privilege, just throw it back to that little situation. I mean, but 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 I mean, like, um, serious. I mean, with all that's going, on, do you think this deserves? I mean, obviously, it's a big deal, right? But it really, I mean, you think that this deserves the kind of media attention? Because I've seen it on the cover of magazines. Not just tabloids, but mainstream magazines like People and mm-hmm. Time. Do you think it deserves this level of attention? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. These are people right now, the, these Hollywood people right now are literally telling us how to think, how to vote, how to, how to act, how to live. And Hollywood forever and ever and ever has been this hypocritical, out of touch world. And suddenly people are like listening to what they have to say. As people do need to wake up a little bit, dude. <laughs> And I'm not just talking, I'm, I'm, and no politics. I'm not talking left or right, but they're all getting involved in the political world. And I think we need to remember these people lie for a living. <laughs> they <laughs> lie for a living. They act. They be, they're, they're, they're literally acting out other people's lives. In their shows. So let's just remember that. And that's all I'm saying. Again, I'm not picking a side here. Everyone knows where I stand, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which side you're on. They all, in my opinion, just entertain me. Stop talking yeah. politics. I and feel like he's... <laughs> I feel like a lot of them are splitting their audience in half, and I feel bad when they do it. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Anthony, I just lost you there. All right. I don't oh, Anthony. Can you hear me? There you go. You might cut out for a second. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry about that. Now I was just saying, piece of advice for you, all the listeners out there. Uh, if you're a fan of anybody in Hollywood, do yourself a favor. If you want to remain a fan, do not follow their social media. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I, your mic went out again, but exactly, dude. Don't follow their social media. Don't, don't, don't. But, um, well, Anthony's having a few mic problems over there. Let's jump into a few of the actors here. We'll go through a few of these people. And before anyone asks... Believe it or not, there is a few NYPD Blue references. Uh, first one is Pat Skipper. He played the uh, helicopter pilot in the beginning. He was in one episode of NYPD Blue. The scary thing is I know which episode it was. He played a man who set up a robbery, but he thought he would get away with it because he was with his mother in Nyack. Okay, Box. You're the uh, rain man of uh, NYPD Blue. What was the episode? Uh, I, I've got, I've had the name of it here, but I do know the premise of the actual episode. The name of the episode was Low Blow. Um, John Enos was also in, um, in this movie. He has a small part in here. Let me see. He is one of the prisoners. And, uh, he was in an episode of NYPD Blue. This one is called Lost Time. This is actually the episode right before they this is where they go looking for Danny, who was played by Rick Schroeder. I really probably shouldn't watch NYPD Blue much much more. 
a gentleman named Bill Cobbs. <laughs> Bill Cobbs played the um he was the old cop that ran into um ah hold on a minute I'll get it I'll get the name he in the movie he used. Bill Cobbs. Was it William something? Uh Zachary Lamb. Okay. That was the the older Zachary Lamb that uh Stallone walked up to in the beginning and he's like, "Shit, you were a hell of a cop." Blah blah blah. That was him. He was in a couple episodes of NYPD Blue actually. He played a couple different characters. Um so one of them he played one of Andy's best friends, the other one he was just a old man who got pulled in and wasn't supposed to, but and then there was Paul Perry, another one who was in two episodes of NYPD Blue. Uh very small parts, but uh, that was it. Four. Four NYPD Blue references. And you know what the scary thing is? NYPD Blue started the same year this movie came out. Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the gift that keeps on giving, how box? It just keeps giving and giving, brother. That's how it works. But uh, let's, go, let's, let's, let's get through a few of these real quick actors here. Let's go start with, obviously, Sylvester Stallone is in this movie. But uh, he's... Uh, Come on. This guy, even at his age now, the guy is still jacked and ripped as fuck. Uh, it was no different in this movie. Jacked, ripped, a lot of women like this movie. They got to see uh, a little bit of sly butt. A little bit too much of that. Oh, I mean, if you go back, he did a porno way back in the fucking early days. Wow, this I did not know. Box, you did your goddamn research tonight, bro. I didn't oh. I didn't know that. Oh no, 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 no. I heard this in an old comedy sketch of Bobcat Goldthwaites, where he was actually gonna play it on stage. It's actually called the Italian Stallion. Go back and watch. You can see his uh everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Isn't it funny? He did he actually in Rocky they called him the Italian Stallion. But anyway, if you can find that movie, that's up to you. I've never seen it, but Bobcat Goldthwaite has a skit about it. That, that has to be comedy gold. I, I would probably put it in terms of comedy and porn. Would you, you think it's up there with Sonny's? Oh, I, I, I mean, this had to be old, so there it had to be a lot of hairiness. <laughs> I'm gonna look up that Bobcat Goldthwait. I'm gonna see if I can find that skit real quick. It's not long. Uh, let's see. So, oh, 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 Bobcat Goldthwait, Sylvester Stallone. I'm about to say, if you can't find it, Box, you do a pretty good slide. How would slide sound in a porno? <laughs> anyway, here we go. Let's see if this is the one. Let's see if this is the right one. It says his stand-up. Let me see if it says Sylvester Stallone stand-up. The one I'll even remember. This isn't you guys it. like I get here, I get out, I get out of the car, and there's a no. This isn't it. The bad thing is I have it somewhere, like on CD. I've got it somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. One quick scroll through here, and if I can't find it, I won't lie. Nope, can't find it. Oh well, we're missing a good one. We're missing a good one. But uh. yeah, maybe I can find it. Maybe if we, uh, I know I have it somewhere. Because I took a cassette and actually converted it over to CD a long time ago. So I do have that whole act somewhere. Maybe I'll look for it as we're talking here. Um, but anyway, obviously we have Sylvester Stallone. 
I can't say enough about this guy and how many movies he's been in. And I am a huge Stallone fan. Uh, pretty much everything he's done. I mean, from the Rocky movies to the Rambos, First Blood, one of my favorite fucking movies. The first, Hell, obviously. And we're getting another Rambo. I'm mean, excited about that, Bob. This is the last one. But I mean, if you think about all the movies he's done, let me just go back here. Uh, all the Rockies. All the Rambos. Um, let's see here. Cobra. Over the top. Tango and Cash, one of my all-time favorite bullshit comedy mafia movies, Oscar. Wow, that's a that's a real throwback. That is Cliffhanger, The Specialist. That where, was pretty uh, underrated. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't, uh, is that the one with? Uh, hold on, is that the one I'm thinking? Sharon of? Stone. That is. Is this the one with Sharon Stone, or is it the other one? Yes. And if you watch this movie, you get to see Sharon Stone naked. Also. Um, Copland, Assassins, Judge Dredd, Get Carter. Get Carter is where he kind of started going off a little bit. But before that, think about all those movies. All movies that were box office hits, dude. And this wasn't necessarily a box office hit, but it's actually a Stallone movie I want to get to at some point. It's because mm. it was absurd as fuck. Mm. Stop or my mom will shoot. I remember that one. That's an old 80s movie. Um, yep. Estelle Getty. Yeah, but I mean, we had more movies with him, obviously. We had Escape Plan, we had Grudge Match, which are newer movies, 2013 movies of his. Both were awesome. The Creed movies are coming out. We got Escape Plan. Another one is coming out in two, this year. Rambo 5, Last Blast Blood. It's the last one. He's got more movies announced. Uh, another Expendables is coming out. How long can this guy keep being in the shape he is and keep doing movies like this, dude? Hey, look, man. To me, especially like I look at it like this, man. Especially the old timers that you know we kind of came up on. Mm. Just we gotta enjoy them for as long as we can, man. And so, guy, if he can keep making them, we can keep supporting them. Yeah, you got a point. Now, speaking of uh, all the box office hits he's had, this movie here. Grossed fifty-eight million by the end of its box office run in North in North America. After its worldwide worldwide run, a hundred and fifty-nine million dollars. This movie, obviously, a huge success for these people. Wow, with those kind of numbers, I'm actually surprised they didn't make a sequel. Especially Stallone. Stallone loves his sequels. You, you know, think they could have got another one out of this? It's funny you say that. Give me one second here, because there is, it was rumored that there was going to be a sequel, Demolition Man 2, and it would take place after this movie in which John Spartan and Lenita Huxley, Sandra Bullock, would have married and Jackie Chan would play the main antagonist, replacing Snipes, but the sequel did not happen. There was a prequel that was written in place of it, but the movie theater, uh, Warner Brothers thought it would flop, so it was never made. The prequel was going to start out with John Spartan chasing after Simon Phoenix, which so that would have starred uh, Wesley Snipes and Stallone. But no, never, uh, never came to fruition. Oh, so shame. that might be why. But yeah, it, I, I'm I'm glad this movie never got another one. I don't want another one. I like this one. I really do. I think this one is damn near perfect. This is a great fucking movie, dude. Great fucking movie. Um, but yeah, Stallone, 
I don't know. You got anything to say about to say about Stallone, dude? I mean, just amazing. It's amazing, man. Like you know, um, I know everybody likes to talk about the Rambo's and the uh, Rockies. Rocky Five, by the way, highly underrated. Mm-hmm. But I, I like uh, I like a lot of his obscure movies that don't get talked about a whole lot, like uh, Judge Dredd, like um, Copland. Uh, even as that one he did with a De Niro grudge match. I mean, I know it wasn't like a big time hit for him, but I, liked it. I actually enjoyed it. I thought that was a good movie too. Kim Basinger was in there, still looking good too. And uh, yeah, those those were great movies. But um, I don't know. But I, I all I just can't believe he's still at his age, looks the way he does, and still doing action movies. Because remember, this guy does his own stunts. That Bible, because Stallone is in his sixties, right? Uh, I'm going 70, dude. I'm going with he's 70. Hold on a minute. Nah, I'm gotta be what, 67, 68? I don't think so, dude. I think you're wrong. I think he's 70 something. Man is 72 years old, dude. Stallone 72? Yes, I mean, I know he's old, but damn. He is 72 years old. And if you I mean, look at Vince, a picture, he's on that Vince McMahon diet, I guess. Well, Stay he's shape at all costs. Fucker's way more built than McMahon, dude. I mean, don't tell him that, but. <laughs> Stallone is still jacked as hell. Whatever diet he's on, he's kicking ass, man. Stallone is still fucking jacked up. Yeah, seventy-two fucking years old, man. Jesus, God bless him. Absolutely. And Jesus Christ, Clint Eastwood is eighty-eight. Dude, Schwarzenegger is seventy-one. Chuck Norris is almost eighty. He's seventy-nine. And Chuck Norris, I look. I don't give a fuck how old Chuck Norris is. He can still whoop any man's ass he wants to. <laughs> By the way, the new spokesperson for Glock Weapons, Chuck Norris. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm not lying. They, they, they picked him up as their new spokesperson. Uh, that's, that's another guy. <laughs> you think, you think we'll get him on the screen one more time for something? I don't think so. I mean, he could probably still go, but I don't think he... Maybe. I mean, if it would, uh, maybe a television show or something, but I don't see uh, it happening. Hey, if still, I mean, not that he'll ever hear anything like this, but if Stallone is listening, Chuck Norris needs a, a cameo in the, in the uh, next Expendables movie. Yeah, exactly. One cameo. I mean, come on, dude. But do you think about those Expendable movies? He literally had... Those were like the collection of every major action star ever, right? Wasn't he in one of those? Wasn't Chuck Norris in one of those? He might have been. I didn't see all of them. I just saw like the first. I the haven't first. either. I haven't either. I've only seen the first two, so I'm not sure if he was in the third one. Yeah, but that'd be amazing, dude. Just just as a one-off. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's Chuck fucking Norris. He'd be great in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Like I said, Stallone snipes. Let's keep going with these actors. Obviously, we have Sandra Bullock. Mm, 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 mm. Um. Like I said, this girl is absolutely gorgeous, dude. I love Sandra Bullock. Um, been in a ton of movies. A ton of fucking movies. Let me see. I don't know why this went to producer. Uh, actress, yeah. 57 credits. Some of the best movies I remember her in. Uh, Speed. Yeah, loved her in that. Loved her in Speed. Um, one of the better Movies I really, really liked her in. It was the one with Matthew McConaughey, uh, A Time to Kill. Oh, that was, that was a damn good movie, man. Matthew McConaughey, Samuel L. Jackson. That was her, right? Yeah, she was in that because I actually saw that in the movies. That was, uh, (laughs) 
quite the movie to see as a young man in a movie theater. Yes. Yes, I do remember. She's sweating the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was her, He's, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey, Oliver Platt was in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, she, and she did Speed 2 with the other guy who was in that movie. And I have Speed 2 mm-hmm. was what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, she's done a few a few things here and there, but she she just kind of shows up. I mean, she showed up last year in that movie Bird Box on Netflix, um, so... Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but a movie that I she was in and I think is highly underrated. It was called The Net. Yes, I do remember that movie. That was actually very underrated in my opinion. I do remember that movie. Yes, yes, but uh, she was in the prime of her hotness here and uh, playing Lenina Huxley. So great, great, great character in this movie. She plays a kind of an idiot who just knows all about the the past. And uh, it's not really good to know about the the twentieth century, as they uh, as they called it the twentieth. Um, Sir Nigel Hawthorne is in this movie. He's been in a t- a, a bunch of things that you'd be like, really. Um, funny thing is, he didn't get along with Wesley Snipes or or uh, Stallone in this movie, but they pulled off a few scenes together. Not many. He wasn't in a ton of these of these scenes. But uh, he was in enough of them, but not very, uh, very old, old school actor. Didn't care for Stallone or Snipes. But uh, we have Benjamin Bratt in this movie. This might have, I wonder if this was an early movie for him because he hasn't done a ton of things. Let me see here. Cause this probably was a. No, really wasn't. He was in TV series called Nasty Boys in the 90s. Night Watch. TV series back in the 80s. But as far as movies, oh, Anthony, he was in One Good Cop. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was in Blood and Blood Out, and then he did a movie, a TV movie, and then Demolition Man. This was sort of a newer movie for him. Um, he also starred with, uh, what's her name? Um, Sandra Bullock and Miss Congeniality. They starred together. Oh, I love those movies. Those movies are hilarious. Oh, I've never seen any of them. But he was also in Homicide, Life on the Street. He came in for a few episodes as a cop. Benjamin Bratt did. Um, not bad. I like him. He's, he, he also was in Law and Order for 95 episodes, one of the first few seasons. He was in the 1999 seasons. Um, he was partnered with, um, oh, my God. Lenny it was a character he played, played by, uh, oh, the dad from Dirty Dancing, dude. Hmm. Who am I thinking of? You know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, vaguely. You said the dad from Dirty Dancing? Yes. Oh, yeah, I know. Here. I got to pull this shit up here because I can't remember who the fuck I'm talking about. As soon as I see his name, I'm going to be Jerry Orbach. Thank you. There we go. Jerry Orbach. One of the original Law and Order guys. I'm trying to blow through these characters a little bit if you haven't figured it out. I'm not going to go through, you know, too many more of them. Yeah. Uh, Only main two I could think of to uh, bring out is Rob Schneider in a completely random ass role. Yeah. And uh, Dennis Leary. And Dennis Leary. Absolutely. Uh, Glenn Shaddix is also in this movie playing associate Bob. If you're wondering who he is, he was uh, Ortho in Beetlejuice. Um. (laughs) He was the the fat guy in Beetlejuice. But yeah, Dennis Leary is in this movie. Now, we've talked about Dennis Leary before when we did Judgment Night. 
Um, this was a cool character to see him in, though. I liked this character. I'm a Leary fan anyway, but definitely like this character from him. And honestly, like, and I'm a Dennis Leary fan too, so I'm not really taking this as a shot. But do you think he's kind of like, um, who's the other guy said that, um, kind of plays himself all the time? It just seems like there's really no change from movie to movie. He kind of plays like different versions of himself. Yeah, he kind of does. He does. He he, he kind of plays because he's always doing the ranting thing and that. So yeah, he's kind of himself. Um, and let's not forget, we do get an appearance by Jesse Ventura in this movie. Ah, yes. Yes, we do. Jesse is in this movie. Um, listed only as Cryocon. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, amazing shit right there. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Here we are, all right? See, Mark, m- m- Mark G47 watching along with us. He's playing Demolition Man right now on VHS, he says. Good man. Mm-hmm. Good man. There we go. And we actually are going to get into the movie in just a second here. Uh, actually, I don't think we need to really go much further. Um, I guess we could sort of give a little bit of the plot here. This movie, like we said, it takes place in 2032. We do see in the beginning of the movie, though, uh, 1996, I believe, is what they were showing. Yes. And, and the Hollywood sign was up in flames. Up in flames, which... <laughs> which once again dude like you know once again tell me this movie th- was not predicting the future bro it's almost like they knew hollywood 20 30 years down the line would be a complete shit show so they said fuck it let's just burn this motherfucker early <laughs> yeah yeah um john spartan in this movie played by sylvester stallone is known as the demolition man and basically he goes in, he blows up buildings. One of his famous lines is send a maniac to catch a maniac. We'll definitely hear that, I'm sure, in the movie a few times. Um, and basically he goes to quote unquote prison. There's obviously a new sort of cryogenically freezing prison that they're putting people into the cryo prisons. And he wakes up in year 2032. To catch Simon Phoenix because Simon Phoenix broke out. And we find out there was some hijinks behind that. And of course he gets his man in the end. It's a fucking action movie. What do you expect? But yeah. go ahead, Anthony. No, no, I was saying like you hit the nail right on the head with that. Oh, I missed a lot, but I figure we'll go ahead and go through all of this. Now I do, I usually I look up where some of these were, um, where where these movies were filmed? And I mm-hmm. didn't look this one up. Give me a second. Filming and production. Most of this was in Louisville, Kentucky. Wow. Mm-hmm. Some of it was in California. Uh, the Taco Bell scene, which I need to make a point about that. I'm sitting there watching the copy I have today, and I'm like, uh-huh. why in the fuck does this say Pizza Hut? I thought it was Taco Bell. Oh, it was Pizza Hut. No, it was Taco Bell. If you remember, Taco Bell was the only restaurant to say to to survive the restaurant wars. In my copy, here's what it says: for some non-American releases, re- non-American releases, I can't talk already. References to Taco Bell were changed to Pizza Hut since the oh f- yes, since the former was virtually unknown in many foreign countries at the time. 
Obviously, they didn't have Taco Bells. It included dubbing and changing logos during post-production. Taco Bell, Taco Bell, I can't talk tonight, remains in the closing credits. Yeah, so I got obviously a copy, not from, but they're speaking complete English, so I don't know where my copy is from, but the logo says Pizza Hut. Oh, same. Verbally, pizza, 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 signs, pizza. Yep. So. Yeah, and then I want to get my hands on a copy of the original version with Taco Bell. Yep, so most people probably have the Taco Bell version, especially that VHS version that uh, Mark G47 is watching. But, uh yeah, mine all says Taco Bell. We must have both been on, must have both went to Wi-Fi. Uh, but uh, that's neither here nor there, obviously. But, um all right, I guess we can go ahead and just get into this movie. Uh, gonna do a little more filling in because there's a few, obviously there's some action scenes in this movie that we don't really need to, uh, sit there and go through for you. But, uh, we will start out, like Anthony said, we start out, the Hollywood sign is on fire. They're supposed to be in California. John Spartan is being dropped into a building to catch Simon Phoenix, which, let's get this out of the way. Simon Phoenix is one of the best I mean, there's better, but I would put Simon Phoenix top five action movie villains. Or just movie villains. I would put him up there top five. I I put it to you like this. You know how uh, Simon Phoenix has like the gold hair? Mm -hmm. If Shelton Benjamin, when he died, you know how he dyed his hair gold later in his wrestling? If he could harness the natural charisma and presence that Wesley Snipes had in this movie, uh-huh. he would have been a fucking star, baby. He would have been a fucking star. I just wanted to point that out. Because uh-huh. that's the whole... I'm looking at this here, I'm like, damn, Wesley's really pulling this character off. But what? I'm like, man, like, I, for some reason, Shelton Benjamin just popped... Because I saw the goal when I was watching it earlier, I said, it just made me think of Shelton Benjamin for some reason. I said, man, if Shelton had that kind of charisma and presence, man would have been a fucking star for years to come. <laughs> Yeah, at that time, they weren't going to let him go out and do anything good like this, though. But you know how it goes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. So, like I said, he's being dropped into the building. And like I said, I do think Simon Phoenix is a great villain. I think the best TV uh, movie villain, the actual best movie villain, in my opinion, uh, Bill the Butcher, Gangs of New York. Bill the Butcher? Yep. That is a he, Daniel Day-Lewis played that character to a T. That character was a brutal, murdering motherfucker. So, let me see. In your opinion, like, the best villain has to be somebody with no redeeming qualities. Nothing likable about him. Because it's like, Mm -hmm. I can think of villains that I like, but they also had, in my opinion, they also had, like, likable traits about themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, whether it's Goodfellas, even though these were degenerate gamblers and pieces, just general pieces of shit, they still had likable qualities about them. Right. Tony Soprano's another one. He could be a piece of shit, but he was—he had his—he had, he had a likability and a charm to him to where you wanted to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. So, but in your opinion, dude, to be an effective villain, should you not have any likable qualities about you? No, this needs to be a complete asshole, complete garbage piece of shit. No redeemable qualities. Zero. Got you. Yep. Because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you an answer on that, but I gotta think real hard. Because it's like most of the villains that I've ever liked also had like a charming, something charming about them, something about their personality that kind of drew me in. Yeah, not this movie. Uh, 
I mean, I like not. Wesley Snipes, but this 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 character is a complete. I mean, he's just a murdering scumbag. <laughs> and then when he comes, when obviously when he comes out, he's an even more powerful murdering scumbag with skills like a motherfucker. But uh, here we go. Let's go ahead and start out. Let me get some volume going here. All right. And let's start out where they're in a helicopter dumping John Spartan down to catch Simon Phoenix in 1996. Remember when they used to let commercial airlines land in this town? Yeah. Well, I don't understand where we're going or why the hell we're bothered anyhow. You're doing a good deed. Want to give us a better reason? Yeah. The maniac hijacked a municipal bus with 30 passengers on it. That's a pretty good reason. And I got a real bad hunch where those passengers are and where that maniac is. You want to share it with us? Phoenix. Simon Phoenix. quick before the main lines coming out here this is all out war they are shooting at the helicopter from the ground they are just trying it this is an all-out war zone that they're basically saying california was just three years later in this movie they were trying to say california was a fucking war zone so (laughs) (laughs) oh jesus well the movie came out in 93 they were saying this is 96 what were they expecting from this movie i mean Damn, like, I mean, honestly, like, when they made this movie box, and like I said, we're not gonna get in, we're not gonna make this political show. No, no. But, when they made this movie, do you think that they kinda like, if you had to guess, do you think they kinda had like a political mindset when they made this movie? Because it, it seems like this movie was trying to teach you something, without trying to teach you something, if you know what I mean. I don't, I'm not 100% sure exactly what they were thinking during this movie, but I don't think that they thought they were making a statement. I think they just made a movie thinking, oh, it'll never get this bad. You know, this, this is a, a, you know, this is a fiction movie. But, turns out they were, uh, they kind of pulled the Simpsons on you here. They, they sort of told the future, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, it just seems like I said, you might be right. They might have just been sitting around like, it's a fucking movie. Isn't, there's no way this shit is going to happen. But, the similarities between then and now makes me kind of wonder, like, did somebody really sit down and think about, like, where they were at that time and, like, just, and they just had, like, a crystal ball. They just kind of envisioned the world turned into a shit show 20 years down the line. 20, yeah. 25 years down the line. That's kind of what it feels like, huh? So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, we've been saying it forever. This world is turning into demolition, man. And, We'll find out more what we're talking about as the movie goes, but I do want to get to the line. Here it goes. Yeah. Send a maniac to catch one. Send a maniac to catch one. There you go. There is the line. So, yeah, of course, like I said, dude, Stallone just being the badass he is. Like I said, doing his own stunts in most of these movies, but uh, he even gets the bungee jump here. He's shooting people down in a bungee cord, and and he rips it down, and he he's shooting people running. Remember, just remember, 
really bad guys have really bad aim. Do you ever <laughs> notice that they do? Bad guys have bad aim. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Yes, and and, and since you're talking about bad aim, mm-hmm. another thing, box. You're a gun owner. Mm-hmm. Does it kind of annoy you sometimes watching movies? I guess for people and for the sake of looking cool on camera, they do that deal where they hold their guns to the side. Now, as a responsible gun owner, is that the most ineffective way to hold the gun? Yeah, because you're probably going to get a shell right in your face. Especially if it's like, I mean, look, if it's a revolver, do what you want to do. You're not going to get right aim with the gun sideways. That's why it's made the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you won't hit your target. You, you, you definitely could, especially if it's close enough. And it, it doesn't annoy me. I know it kind of just became a kind of a thing just, you know, with, you know, just the, it was just the way people started holding it back then. It looked cool and it became cool to do it. It doesn't annoy me, but I always just go, yeah, it's not going to work. Well, I, I, I don't know. It just seems like, like I said, I'm not a gun. I know nothing about guns in terms of operation and how you should hold them, blah, blah, blah. But I just always thought that was just a, as I got older, like, it's a silly ass way to hold a gun. Like, that can be effect, effective way to shoot somebody. No, you're probably going to get it. I mean, if, if, if it's a, like, my gun, like if it's a nine millimeter, you're, I'm going to get a fucking shell in my face, more than likely, right in my face. And those will burn you coming out of there. Mm. Yes. Shells will burn. Coming right out of the yeah, I've been burnt many times. I've um, <laughs> when I went and took the uh, concealed weapons course with my wife. It was me, my wife, my sister, and her husband. So all four of us went and took it. Now my wife had on a decent shirt, a sweater actually. It was cold that day. She still somehow holding the gun correctly got a shell down her shirt and actually burnt her boob from it. I mean. <laughs> so shit can happen dude but yeah she actually got burned by it so i don't know you know it's uh but yeah so imagine that hitting you in the face yeah no 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 you want it going directly over your hand sometimes they just pop wherever you know weirdly but yeah that's not a good way to hold it not a good way to hold it now, I'm not, you would know this. You know, I'm I'm fascinated by this. The gun that uh, Stallone was using, how many uh, bullets typically does that hold? Like 15, 10 to 15? Yeah, but in a movie, it holds 15,000. That's, yeah, I, that's another thing like that always kind of like, not bother me, but I was always kind of curious about that. Like, <laughs> you would think in real life, they got to only have like 10 to 15 bullets, but yet somehow, whether it's lethal weapon or whatever it is, this movie we're watching now, they would make that some bitch last. <laughs> they take out Fucking five, six, seven motherfuckers for the uh, credits. The opening credits is off the air, mm-hmm. off the screen. I'm like, how the fuck does that work? Establish some level of believability, Hollywood, please. I'm begging you. Yeah, the only time that that annoys me is when they're using a revolver, when you clearly only have a six shooter, <laughs> and you're you're counting. You're like nineteen, twenty, <laughs> twenty one, twenty two. Has he reloaded? Okay, <laughs> so. That is when it annoys me when 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 they got the revolver and they're just popping off shots left and right like they got a fucking Uzi <laughs> with a, like a Tommy gun with an extended clip, you know. <laughs> That's what that does annoy you too, huh? That annoys me when yeah, shooting a like I said, it's it's obvious six shooter, and just ridiculous, just ridiculous. So. Uh, yeah, obviously Stallone goes in, he does his thing, and he does come across Simon Phoenix in the building. 
And uh, I might as well play that part for you right now. Shoot. It would help if we had volume, I believe. That would help. Now we have yes. it. And here we go. Here we go. Move, Eunice. You're under arrest. <laughs> arrest? Shit. And you're trespassing. Where the oh, I forgot to mention. Wow, he knew the cops were there. Um, Wesley Snipes' character, Simon Phoenix, had literally taken uh, gallons of gasoline, literally fifty-five gallon drums of gasoline, and just poked holes in them with a knife. So this floor is soaked in gasoline, and he just lit a propane torch. Okay, so that's what he's doing. He will then go to light a cigarette in a minute, which. Which scared the living fuck out of me because gasoline itself will burn, but what actually catches fire first is the fumes. So, in reality, this room would have literally blown up as soon as he lit that flame. <laughs> so, here we go. Passengers. Ah, uh, yes, passengers. But there are. Fuck you! Passengers are gone. <laughs> See, I told the city, I said, look. Nobody comes down here. Postmen figured it out. Policemen figured it out. But the goddamn bus drivers just wouldn't listen. Last time, Phoenix. Where are the hostages? To hell with the hostages. This is between you and me. Yeah. What? What? What you got, soldier boy? Do something. Go ahead. <laughs> you up to your ass and gasoline? <laughs> Set your ass on fire. <laughs> is it cold in here? Or is it just me? Flicks a cigarette, starts the fire, and the fight begins again i am go ahead anthony i'm sorry no no i just wanted to point out something real quick before we get too far in the weeds here mm -hmm. did you notice what wesley snipes hit at the beginning there what she <laughs> uh you you never watched the wire yet have you i haven't i swear the uh guy there was a guy on that show his his act his uh his real name is uh isaiah whitlock jr mm -hmm. but on the show he played a corrupt mayor the mayor's name was uh clay davis uh-huh. Uh, I'm sorry, not mayor. He was a senator. Um, but, um, he popularized that phrase on the show. Ran the, I want to say it was the third season. Uh, she. <laughs> and it got, over time, he said it so much. At first, it was just a shit. But then, as the show went on, it would get exaggerated. Exaggerated. It'd be like, shit. Then, she. To the point where there are memes, there are pages dedicated to this man. Oh, geez. so I, I would like to think that he got it from this movie. He got his idea, his inspiration from this movie. It just might have. You never know. Um, now you mentioned Wesley Snipes' die job in this movie. He had, you know, basically had a, basically had kind of a blade haircut, but it was all dyed yeah, blonde much. in the middle. He hated it. Hated it. As soon as the filming, as soon as filming was over, he shaved his head. Um, and this was actually where Dennis Rodman got the idea to start dyeing his hair. This movie, but it, yeah, but you know what? It for the character he was playing here, it worked. I think. Oh, it did. It it really did. Like I said, I think this is one of the best characters. And if you watch, 
I mean, I know he's playing a character, but talk about just, like I said, what a great villain. Just every, fuck them, they're dead. I don't give a fuck. Just so, he plays it so well that, I mean, I love Wesley Snipes as a fucking villain. I love him in this movie. And, I mean, New Jack City, right there. I mean, I don't know if you can call him a villain in that movie, but he basically was. He definitely, at the end, turned out to be the villain. So, you know, but I mean, another amazing part by him, which, my God, when we get to that movie, that's to talk about a movie we're going to be able to get in-depth on. You Honestly, you know what? I feel like, you know what his character in this movie reminded me of? Mm-hmm. Almost reminded me of... Uh... His character from a white man can job, Sidney Dean. Like, if, if Sidney Dean didn't have a conscience, this would be him. He would be Simon Phoenix, basically. Right. Cause where, whereas in white man can jump, he was cocky. He was arrogant. He could be an asshole at times. But as the movie wore on, you realize that at his core, he was a good human being. He did have a conscience wait. about things. Well, wait a minute. He, he only became a human, human being at the end of the movie. So that goes with the age old question. Does years and years of being a piece of shit and just turning into a good guy really make up for those years of being the piece of shit? Does it? Especially, especially in a movie where we only got one part. We don't know. He still could have been a piece (laughs) of shit in the next movie. You know what I mean? (laughs) He could have been a total garbage. He could have fucked him over a week later. You don't know. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I'm going to think about, you know, you know, we just first official in some people's eyes, black uh, WWE champion. So I'm still on that Kofi high. So I'm, I choose to give Wesley the benefit of the doubt in that, in that instance. All right. I mean, I guess pay your test, pay your taxes, Wesley. Please keep up on that. I mean, if you're going to play that card, if I argue with you, I'm a, I'm a racist piece of shit. So fine. Do it. Okay. <laughs> it kind of goes I, with the theme of the night box. It kind of goes with the theme of the night predicting the future. Oh, I thought you meant the, uh, White guy chasing down the black guy. <laughs> if we're around for another ten years, that we can look back on this show and like, God damn it! They see if they see you chasing me down the streets, and well, no, you won't be chasing me. You'll be, you know, I don't know, on a walker, P- possibly still smoking a bowl. Oh, possibly my ass. If I'm still alive, yeah, I'll be smoking a bowl. Uh, <laughs> there's no question about that. No, you know, guy, we'll both still be around ten years. You'll still be young, guy. You'll still be young. Oh yeah, sure. young itch. Yeah, not with these, <laughs> not with these kids, <laughs> and one on the way. Oh my God, I'm gonna have a girl. <laughs> like I told Shaheen, I'm glad I'm armed now because I'm gonna need those guns in about 18 years. That mean so? Does this officially mean you'll always have a gun license? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Constantly, constantly renewing it. <laughs> that shit gonna be like a library card to you. Oh, oh, up. I gotta get this shit renewed. <laughs> hey. You know what the funny thing is? I bought this new electronic cigarette here a few okay. a couple of weeks ago, uh, about a month ago actually, with the new tank and all that shit, uh, the new vape, whatever vape mod or whatever they're calling it nowadays. Ten percent off for having a license to carry. Wow. Yeah. Now, real quick, real quick, you know, I'm I'm curious about this before we get back to the movie. In terms of having a gun license, how does that work? You have to renew like every year, every six months, every four years, every four years they rerun your background check. They do everything over again. So I, you know what? I just got my new one. Like three weeks ago, I got my new one. Hmm. Yep, it was done in August. They tell you if you send away for it in six months, you have a much better chance at getting it. Three weeks later, showed up. 
Yeah, so in other words, as long as you're proactive and stay on top of things, she had no problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they cool. and they literally they like I said, they, they they do the background check and they do a big background check. If you have a drug felony, domestic violence on your record, anything like that, it's a no go. Which I don't people don't know that. If if you do domestic violence, if if you have even a charge an accusation of domestic violence, you will not get a gun license. You will not get a carry permit. Based off an of accusation? If you weren't conv- if it wasn't proven that you were, you know, innocent, guilty, did it just go off an of accusation? If if it don't seem right. If you were found not guilty and it gets expunged, you're fine. But if you if it's like like if you plea- take a plea, you're not getting a gun license. Okay. If you take a deal, you're done. So you need to be found not guilty on it. That's the only way you're ever gonna keep it. But uh, there's actually a lot of little small things. I mean, if you have any drug charge, obviously no gun license. Uh, DUI, no gun license. There's a lot of things they check for. I don't know. I I think that's why when, believe it or not, I know many cops have always said they don't give tickets to, pe- to people who have gun licenses because they know who they're dealing with. They know I've had a background check. You have to hand them that right when, right when they pull you over. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, not like they don't know anyway. But uh, anyway, this isn't a gun show. We've talked too much about guns anyway. But uh, like I said, the fight ensues between these guys. Back to the movie. Um, and of course, again, it's a fucking war zone. Everyone's shooting everybody. The cops are shooting. The bad guys are shooting. They're running friggin' snow plows through. And Stallone is trying to figure out where are the hostages it's the only thing he wants to know um and of course he's beating the suspect i mean jesus christ talk about giving cops a bad name but i guess if it's a war you do what you want to do uh (laughs) i believe this would uh this would be called excessive force nowadays So yeah, yeah, and I and and, and to, the only thing I wish they had found a way. There's, there's no way to go back in time, but just imagine if they had a way of like 1993, knowing about what we call what we know today as dash cams. Oh yeah, or or or, or, or even having like some amateur film footage from somewhere that kind of could be uh, a precursor to cell phones, people with their cell phones, and the world star and shit getting shit on camera. Because nowadays, if this would have happened, you'd probably you'd have about forty five different angles just from amateur footage alone, because people would be on their phones filming everything. Well, now they are in a burning building, so there might not be many people around with phones. Most of the people with phones are too scared to stay in a burning building filled with gasoline. Is all I'm saying. True enough. I mean, I would. Nah, no, probably. I, I mean, you would think so, but nowadays. Well, you're right. So you know what? To get that viral video, you're right. Dude. Yeah. I mean, there are people getting their asses beat, and people break out their phones. There's. Dude, uh, I, I'm. I'm sorry. There was, there was a video of an elderly person getting beat down by a, a bunch of kids, and everyone just pulled out their phones. I'm sorry, dude. This is what's wrong. You're a piece of shit. I'm judging. I'm sorry. You're a piece of shit. If I see that, I saw a person with my own two eyes. They were so caught up in their phone, they almost got hit by a car crossing the street. Because I'm guessing, like, uh, they weren't, they were all into their phone. The driver of the car was driving, and I saw them, I noticed they had went down a little bit on their phone. Mm. Just to kind of maybe check a text, phone was ringing, but Jesus Christ. At some point, put the damn phone down. 
and put the I damn know, phone down for, for for 10 seconds. Especially kids, man. Especially these young kids now. They're We're losing more kids to texting and driving than to, I mean, it's like second just underneath opioid deaths, you know? Which is fucking insane to say it that is. cell phones are becoming more just as dangerous, if not more so, than fucking drugs. What the, what does that tell you about where we're at? I don't even want to get into it, to be honest with you. I'm going to play a little bit of this part, though, right here, where he's asking us one more time where the hostages are, and then uh, we'll get to after he catches them. So here we go. Where are they, Phoenix? Now, where did I put them? <laughs> I swear I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Okay, I played that part because that was some foreshadowing to the end of the movie, which we will get to. Please, if you can, remember what he just said. I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. And and what did Stallone say? I'll keep that in mind. Ah. Remember that, because that's going to come into play around the end of the movie, you know? Nice. All right, remember, remember. Yeah, that, that like I said, that 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 does come into play. It does come into play. <clears throat> like I said, sometimes I play parts for exact reasons, and sometimes I play them just because I need to take a drink or a, or take a hit. But <laughs> you know, that's... no box. Your first answer sounds better. You're, we're all <laughs> we're all about continuity on this show. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, also when he's running out, he sees tons of drums of C four. This building was set to fucking blow, and it does. Jesus Christ. No. All right. Anyway. Um, here, here we go. I'll turn that off. Uh, this building does blow. And I mean, demolition, man. This building got demoed. Whatever building this was, I believe this is one of the scenes they filmed in Kentucky. So I believe, they, I think they said this building was due to be condemned anyway. So they used it in the movie. But uh, we do go to a part now. He has literally, he dragged Simon Phoenix out of that building as it was exploding. And uh, the chief comes up to him. And obviously, it's a movie, so he's got the pissed off chief. And here we go. Let's run the part. And this is where we find out what he is actually going to be charged with and why he does go to the cryo prison. Here we go. Damn it, John. I'm tired of this demolition man shit. You are not supposed to come down here. You are not supposed to attempt the arrest of Phoenix single-handed. And you are not supposed to blow anything up. It's not me this time, Healy. He dumped the gas and rigged the place to blow. Oh, yeah, right. You had nothing to do with it. Now, I know you've been trying to nail this psycho for two years. But try remembering a little thing called official police procedure. But where are the hostages? They're not here. What do you mean they're not here? He must have stashed them someplace else. So how do you know they weren't in there? Are you sure? Because I did a thermal check and there was only eight of them, all part of his gang. Wrong again. <laughs> hey, you got something to say, scumbag? <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> oh, 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 You and I are going to have a nice long chat. Captain, Captain. Over here. The body's everywhere. There must be 20 or 30. They're everywhere. See that, Captain? I told him. He said he didn't care. Oh my God! How could you sacrifice all those innocent people? Okay, here we go. 
So this buys him one hell of a murder charge, obviously. And Snipes obviously set it up this way. This is exactly, I think this was mostly his plan, but uh, I don't think he expected to get arrested and rested while it was happening. But, uh, you know, basically he's saying, you know, I, I, I don't care. I told him they were in there and he said he didn't care. Those innocent people. He's suddenly playing Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, and this is honestly, this is the one thing they didn't get right about the future. What? The white guy actually gets, actually, <laughs> the white guy actually gets sent up the, uh, po- sent to the pokey, gets sent to the big house for a little while. Has to, uh, deal with some, not racism per se, but they had to deal with the plight of being locked up. Quote unquote. <clears throat> Just you small up. <clears throat> <laughs> Don't even start, Anthony. Just your small life. <clears throat> hey, hey, we, uh, we traded him. On, at least I did. I traded him a long time ago. Oh, did you? Uh, <laughs> the, oh, yeah, why? Yeah, because yeah, he's yeah, gay. Yeah. I, 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 did my, I did my own racial draft, and I got rid of him a long time ago. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> why? Because he's gay. Is that why you got rid of him, Anthony? <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't know. He, I just got the. He always gave me douche chills as a human being. So even before this, this kind, this that case just kind of like reinforced what I already thought about the guy. <laughs> mm, mm. Anyway, I don't want to get. We had our chance to talk about that, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't want to get into that. But uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so let's not get into the whole racial division here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we um, we do hear. He is being sentenced. Uh, they never show the trial, obviously, but he is being sentenced. And of course, I got that part for you too. I'm not going to lie. I probably pulled more scenes than I should have, but being as there's so many action scenes, we're going to do more filling in. So don't worry about it. Here we go. John Spartan, you've done great deeds for the city of Los Angeles. So it is with some regret that I, William Smithers, acting as assistant warden, hereby carry out this sentence. Skip it. Sergeant Spartan, you've been sentenced to 70 years sub-zero rehabilitation in the California Cryo Penitentiary for the involuntary manslaughter of 30 innocent civilians. Skip it. You will be placed in cryostasis for the duration of your sentence, during which your behavior will be altered through synaptic suggestion. You'll be eligible for parole no earlier than the year 2046. So here we go. They place him in the cryo chamber. They drop the little pellet in. Um, now, according to Sylvester Stallone, <clears throat> this was the worst. This is a quote. Probably the worst five hours I've ever had on movie sets. I was terrified. I got a feeling Stallone is a f- not a fan of small spaces. I, too, am not a fan of small spaces. So I uh, completely... Uh... I've never had an MRI. Have you ever had an MRI? Yeah, I fall asleep. I hope I never have to have one of the because they see because I, I now which one did you do? Did you do the open one or the closed one? Closed one. I fell asleep. And you didn't have any uh issues with that? No, I'm good with I, I'm I'm fine with small spaces when I know. I mean, if I was buried alive or something, I'd freak out. But I mean, it's an MRI. It's not, I mean, I, I, I know it'll be over and 
I just fell asleep. Even with the noise, I just fell asleep. I'm good in those small spaces, but it doesn't bother me. I know a lot of people. My dad can't do an MRI. Cannot do an MRI at oh, I hope all. I never have to have one, man. Just just the thought of not being able to move freely, I don't that would just freak me the fuck out, bro. Well, I mean, it's it's not like you're there's more room than people make it out to be. There's it's actually it's enclosed, but it's not like you you've got like a foot and a half of space between you and the top of the machine. It's not like it's right up on your nose and you're just sitting there and you can't move at all. Okay. You know, if, if, I mean, if you got an itch, you just go, I have to scratch and they'll pause the machine. You scratch and they'll go back to it. Okay. But I tried, I, I've had three MRIs and basically I've fallen asleep for all of them. I just lie back, close my eyes and drift away. And then, so you didn't have to take any type of medication or anything? Cause I know sometimes they might give people like some pill, not sedate them, but sometimes people might take something before that'll knock them out for a little while. If you say you're freaky, they'll give you Valium actually. But no, I've, I usually just, I mean, I smoke before I go in, but <laughs> I smoke when I wake up. So who gives a shit? Uh, I mean, basically it's the same fucking thing. Uh, yeah. So it never bothered me. Those small spaces never do, but he was not at all happy about doing any of this fucking movie or any of this part at all where he had to be. And if you look at the pod he's in, it's pretty, it, it's not big. Yeah, it looks, looks, uh, very confined. Now, you think we'll ever get to a point where this will actually be a thing where you can just, if you decide you want to live longer and you want to see the world, I don't know, in another century, another lifetime, would you be down in that, down for that? Freeze yourself up at 40 something odd years old, come back <laughs> 50 years later down the line, still looking like you look now? Uh, I don't know about all that, dude. Whole new world? No. <laughs> so, no. I mean, not now. I, maybe when I'm older, I would, I mean, I, I, I still want to see my kids grow up, so. I don't want to just wake up one day and they're all grown up and I still look good. That seems <laughs> selfish to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how, but it just seems a little selfish to me. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, I know I wasn't, that, 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 I know that, I wasn't there as your dad, but look at this, huh? Look, huh? look at this head of hair <laughs> coming out still looking like Ricky Ricardo with the hair, the pompadour. <laughs> <It'd be awesome. laughs> I didn't even do my hair. I am just all natural right now on the hair. Uh, <laughs> it's it's raining so on rainy days like this i don't even give a shit i'll throw a hat on it's pouring here it's been pouring here since like two i, I woke up this morning at like 8 30 to like golf ball size hail pouring down oh hell fuck hell is the worst bro mm-hmm. yep i have no clue i get i, I need to go check on my car tomorrow because i left my car at work because i got a problem with it but uh I got the motor that I need today for it, so I need to go put that pump in there tomorrow. If it's dry, I'll put it in. If it's not dry, fuck that shit. But I had to go to Walmart for some shit today, and fuck, man, it was pouring the whole time, man, from when I walked in to when I walked out, and thundering, and it's been lightning all day. And Like I said, my kids were supposed to have that camp thing this weekend. The it got camp- rained out. The campground shut down. Not... 
not not the Cub Scouts decided to shut it. The campground called them and said, "Don't come." <laughs> so, yeah, it was. It, it's that's how bad the storms are here. The campground shut down. The guy was like, "I ain't staying." Yeah, rain is cool as long as you don't got to be out in it. And also, I don't know about you, Box. Um, only time the rain really bothers me two times is when I had to be out in it. And there was one time it was miserable because I had just got some new shoes, right? Fresh as could be. And I'm just like praying. Like I knew it was going to rain, but I'm praying that I could make it home in time. Mm. And it's just like you're about 10 minutes, you're about five minutes from the house. Get off your bus. Next thing you know, shh. And I hate that feeling when you get drenched and you walk in. I walked in the house so disgusted. Mm-hmm. Your clothes stick to you. It just you just feel like complete trash. Everything you take off, you got to wring out. <laughs> yeah, I hate. I hate when I get caught in that type of rain, bro. I really do. I hate it. And I used to. Uh, me and my buddies in Florida used to go to concerts all the time. And dude, it's Florida. It's gonna rain probably sometime during the day every day. And how many concerts were we just sitting in grass seats, you know, general admission grass seats and fucking pouring rain, dude. So many concerts, I was soaking wet. And, you know, you got to stay there longer and sometimes you dry off. Sometimes it keeps raining. Man, it sucked. It sucked. But I kind of got used to it. I still don't care for it, though. Still don't give a shit. Don't, Don't care for rain very much. Mm. Not much for it, but yeah, it was fuck. It's been pouring here, and it's still fucking raining. I you know April showers, right? So we got at least about two and a half more weeks of it. Yeah, you be all fucking positive and shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is where we actually do get to meet Sandra Bullock's character, Lenina Huxley. Uh, she calls up the older Warden Smithers, and funny thing. Another person was actually playing this character. Lori Petty was actually playing this character of Lenina Huxley before she left very early on, like a few days into filming due to creative differences with uh, the director. So Sandra Bullock came in and took over. Wow. Once again, I'm glad that happened. I am too. Look, I like Lori Petty, but I don't think... This character was for her. I think this character was perfect with Sandra Bullock. Absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah, because Lori Petty, I'm, I'm like you, I like her too, but she's kind of like, she has like that rebel look about her. And I feel like for this role, you needed somebody like that was clean cut, mm-hmm. all American girl, mom, apple pie, and nobody pulls off that look better than uh, Sandra Bullock. So I feel like, you know, that was a blessing in disguise that they had those creative differences, Lori Petty and the uh, producers. Yeah, yeah. But but if she wasn't, we would have had yet another NYPD Blue reference, just so you know. Tie-in right there. Oh, well, Lori Petty did a NYPD Blue? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, her her boyfriend was Terrence Howard. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember them dating for a little while. He, well, in, in the movie. In the show, yeah. I mean. That's yes, what I mean, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, for some reason, for some reason, I might be wrong. I thought they dated in real life for a minute. I don't know, but she he... He was in three or four episodes of NYPD Blue, Terrence Howard. What? Wow. Yeah, he was in a few. I at least two, maybe three. 
but at least two. I know one he played her boyfriend and one he played a crazy guy who his mother was Candy Alexander. Ah, Candy Alexander. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. She was still mm, in that, too. But, uh, yeah, we meet Sandra Bullock's character, obviously not Lori Petty, but uh, we meet her right here. And let's go ahead and, again, I wanted to play this scene because it just gives you an idea of how they're talking and kind of how 2030, 2032, right? 2032, 2036, I forget. 2032. So here we go. Well, greetings, Warden William Smithers. Be well, Lieutenant Lenina Huxley. As it is a beautiful Monday morning, and as my duty log irrationally requires it, I'm hereby querying you on the prison population update. Does the tedium continue? Your earnest questioning is as amusing as it is irrelevant. The prisoners are ice cubes. They never move. I find this lack of stimulus to be truly disappointing. Don't you think? I try not to. However, you're young. Think all you want. Things don't happen anymore. We've taken care of all that. I'll fiber off you back after the morning parole hearing. Have a peachy day, Lieutenant. Be well. Be well. Vector 137, upcoming. Now, think about this. Oh. Oh, Anthony's coming back in a minute. He's got a poor connection, actually. It shut him down. So hopefully we'll get him back in just a second here. Otherwise, I will take a break. But if you think about this, what they just did is a video call back in the 90s. Now, this is called Skype. This is actually what I'm using right now to talk to Anthony. So figure that one out. I mean, this movie was made in 93. Video calling has always been one of those things that they were always saying was going to be, was going to happen, going to happen, going to happen. And it looks like, look at that. It actually looks like they knew it was going to happen and. There were ways to do it back in these old days, but it was very expensive and only very big companies had the, uh, the power to do it. Um, real quick, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to stop right there real quick. I'm going to try to get Anthony back. Um, actually, hold on one second. Just hung up. Maybe he'll call back in just a minute. Uh, wait, I think we got him already. Anthony. Yo. All right. We got Anthony back. Um, I don't know if you heard any of that. I doubt you did. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Basically, I, just want... I, I would kind of just kind of ghosted, just kind of was trying to vamp there a little bit to get you back. Uh, waste time, to be honest with you. But, uh, basically what I was saying is if you think about what they just did, that was a, a video call. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know the part you're talking about. Yeah. It, it was. It was the part where, uh, she called him, uh, the warden, Warden Smithers. So yeah, yeah that was a video call. I mean, what are we? Doing right. Hi, I'm here, Anthony. You can see me. I you, you, you see video call. Yes. This was Iron- Iron- ironically enough. <laughs> if, th- if that was Skype back then, thumbs mm-hmm. up. Because they're working a hell of a lot better in 1993 than they are in 2000 fucking 19. They were fiber <laughs> op. They were they they were fiber optic back then, dude. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I'm sorry. In the future, they were fiber op, which we have fiber optic cable right now. That's what Verizon claims to be. And uh Box, did you get a chuckle out of uh her having the uh Lethal Weapon three poster <laughs> in her office? I did, man. I saw that one. She had a few posters. We'll 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 get to the office in a few minutes here. Um let's see. 
But yeah, literally the video call. And, uh, this is where we see Warden Smithers get the, uh, retinal scan to get into the, uh, the cage and they, they're letting out a prisoner. Um, by the way, this prisoner they're, le- they're letting out right here is John Enos, the guy that was in NYPD Blue a couple of times. Um, and again, Lenina Huxley is just sort of driving around and, She's one of these that wants the action, and she's also stuck in the 20th century and just loves all the old stuff. Like Anthony said, a Lethal Weapon 3 poster in her office and all those things. She's literally just stuck in the old days, which how many of our parents are still that way? Think about it. Um, And and honestly, I feel like with whatever era you grew up in, and experience, and that was like, especially when you, if you were coming to age, mm-hmm. you're going to have a certain fondness for that era. You're going to have a certain, like, you know, fondness for wanting that back. But unfortunately, you know, uh, you can't. You can never go back. It can. You can never go back in time. You can only move forward. It, it'll never be as you can never bring back old eras because they never measure up in current times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my parents still. They, they both have uh, serious. XM and they listen to the 50s and 60s station. My mom listens to the Elvis station all day. My dad listens to the Elvis station, the other half of it. They're still, and I mean, I, even Shaheen has told me my music taste is stuck back in the 90s and I don't lie because I, I quit listening to music back in, I started listening to talk radio. I really rarely listened to music back then unless I was at someone's house or Something like that. Otherwise, it was just talk radio all day because I drove trucks most of the day, and I or I drove around doing sales the other the rest of the time. So it was me and talk radio. You can only yeah. hear music so much, do when you're driving as much as I did. When you're in sales, like mm-hmm. doing the sales I did, you drive around every day. I put, I, I literally could do twenty thousand miles a year on my car. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying to break out of that because I used to be like, I'm, I'm trying to get back into like listening to current things, mer- current movies because I'm kind of like that sometimes where I feel like I get stuck in my own era, nineties, two thousand, early two, early to mid two thousands. But mm-hmm. man, you, just to say kind of relevant and to be able to try to attempt to relate to the current generation, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to be a little more open minded to things because I feel like sometimes I get too stuck in my era. But man, I. But I some of the shit going on now, I mean, I just can't relate to. But I'm going to make an honest effort to attempt to try to get to appeal, mm-hmm. get the appeal of what's out there now, because you kind of have to, especially doing a show like we do. Yeah, yeah. We want to, we want to stay kind of relevant and up to date with stuff. Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of don't care. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I like how you slipped that in there, box. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mark G forty seven asked me, do I still listen to any music? I gotta be honest, no new music. I really still, if I turn on the radio, we have a station here, Classic Rock 92.5, and there's another station called K-Love here that plays a ton of 80s music. And that's what I turn on. I prefer the Classic Rock to the 80s. Um, you know, the music even before my time. That's what I like, those old 70s songs, and I love all that fucking Classic Rock, man. And I, even the 60s music is some some of it's all right my parents listen to but i just this new music man i just can't get into it 
and this yeah. new metal. I turn on the uh, the current heavy metal station, you know, here, and it's like some guy whining about his girlfriend walking out, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is so not metal. <laughs> this is yeah. This is not fucking metal. So. I don't know, man. I, I I prefer the classic rock, the 80s, but I definitely, you know, Shaheen said my music taste is like being 65 years old. I won't lie. I, I grew up on all my, my parents have listened to that old music and I grew up on a lot of that old music. Elvis, uh, the Beatles. I love the fucking Beatles. Another great fucking band. But, I mean, a lot of that old shit is just what I grew up on. And, yeah, you do tend to stick to a lot of the stuff you grew up on. But my sister's friends were big into that southern rock, classic rock. And back then it was just southern rock. It wasn't even classic rock. You had a lot of that shit. So I guess that's what got me into all that. Those are I mean, also as far I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bob. No, I was gonna say, those are the same guys that got me fucking stoned and drunk for my first time, too. So. Good girls. Uh, no, as far, to your point earlier about uh, talk radio, I actually used to uh, listen to a little bit of talk radio myself. I kind of like tuned out, especially nowadays, man, just because I want to get into uh, talk radio more. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like everybody you listen to has their own agenda. They're trying to get you to lean one way or the other. There's nobody neutral anymore. So that's probably why I pulled back a little bit from talk radio. Yeah, and th- that's why I liked the station I listened to, 94.3 uh, WZZR. It was real radio. Matter of fact, if you're on iHeartRadio, you can look that station up. Um, the Love Doctors are still on there. Those were two guys I loved. All the shows on there, though, were caller-driven. You didn't like what they were talking about? Call in and bring up another fucking topic. That's what they were. They were all caller-driven shows. You want to keep going on that same topic? That's fine. You want to call and talk about something else? That's fine. They'll talk about it. They'll do. And I mean, that was what it was. And I'll tell you what, during hurricanes, that station right there helped out so many people because people would call in and be like, look, I need, I, my, my grocery store was out of water when I went. I had no time. People would bring them water. It was a great radio station during hurricanes, but. It's what I listened to. There was a show called The Love Doctors on there. There was Josh Cohen, who had this former Playboy model, Lexus. She was gorgeous. I actually still have the pictures of her somewhere from Playboy. Uh, (laughs) And I met her. I met her. I used to go to the bars and listen to those guys live when they were right in my area. Um, And there was a night guy on there. Who was the night guy? Dan something. I forget, but it was they, they were all great caller-driven shows. Even at night, they were caller-driven. The callers would tell them what they were talking about. I loved that, dude. I loved that. Because then you're talking about what people really want to talk about. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, like, caller-driven shows, I guess you, they're contingent upon, like, the callers having a charisma, personality. Cause something, or was it a situation where they would just call, give a topic, and just kind of dip out? You could, but a lot of times you could, I mean, I, I actually called in a bunch of times and I got my buddy Rigel who used to, one day I'm sitting there driving down the road and I'm, you know, he used to work with me, but you know, this was at a time when I was working somewhere else, he was starting his tile business and I'm listening one day and I hear him. I'm like, this motherfucker, what the fuck is he doing? And I call him and he goes, 
bro, you got me hooked on this fucking station, man. I can't stop. <laughs> so, so yeah. But I mean, you just you, you call in. You can talk about whatever you want. Like I said, or stick with the same topic. Add your opinion. But if the caller was getting bad, they would hang up on them. Or but they would still keep your topic going, and other people would call in and keep the topic going. Usually. So, I don't know, man. I love all the shows, but yeah, you can actually still listen, and the Love Doctors are still on there. So, if you have iHeartRadio, look up uh, WZZR 94.3 Real Radio. Ah, I have to look into that. Yeah, good shit, man. Good shit. Sometimes I still pop them on iHeart every now and then when I'm driving around and just podcast it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then I get a commercial, and I'm like, all right, back to the podcast. <laughs> so... But um, I guess we should get back to the movie. Man, we keep going fucking way off track. I don't know. I'm high, what? ADD. Who gives a shit? We're going to get back on track. We're going to go through more of this movie. We're at least going to make it to the halfway point before we get sidetracked. We'll try. We'll try. But right now, I wanted to bring up Rob Schneider's character. Once again, I think Stallone likes working with him. They work together in Judge Dredd really closely. Yep. These two. Um I've, I gotta be honest, I've never heard a bad word about Rob Snyder. No, I mean, he seems like a likable guy. I'm just saying, I mean, he's done so many small, I mean, obviously he's a Sandler guy, a big friend of his, he was on SNL for a while. I've just never heard one bad, most people you've heard bad stories about, you know what I mean? This guy... Never won. He just seems like he's one of those good guys to work with. So, and obviously, yeah. like I said, Stallone must like working with him because they worked very closely. They were in damn near Judge Dredd for, I would say, a good three quarters of the movie. And, uh, I don't know if you got this, but at least in this movie, uh, I swear he was like, uh, Stallone's mini me <laughs> a little bit. He really was with the hair, same, similar hairstyle, facial features, structure. A little bit, a little bit. But, uh, go ahead. No, no, that was it. Oh, all right. I'm just going to play a little bit of this scene right here. Again, how they're talking, how they're going through things. Just kind of want to get that on record, I guess. So here we go. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the emergency line of the San Angeles Police Department. If you prefer an automated response, press one now. Be well, Lieutenant. Mellow greetings, Lenina Huxley. Let me guess, Hall is serene. On the contrary, it's been a horrific AM. There was a defacement of public buildings, walls smudged with scandalous graffiti. My God, walls smudged. That's an emergency. Now, again, I wanted to play the rest of this part just to let you know exactly what's going on. And, of course, the chief comes up and he's not happy with Lenina Huxley. Which, Jesus, oh my God, I'd be so happy every time she walked in. Anyway... Really? Brutal. Why wasn't there an all cars notified? Because there was no need to create widespread panic. Lieutenant Huxley, I monitored your disheartening and distressing comments to the warden this morning. Do you really long for chaos and disharmony? Your fascination with the vulgar 20th century seems to be affecting your better judgment. You realize you're setting a bad example for other officers and sworn personnel. Thank you for the attitude readjustment, Chief Earl. Info assimilated. 
sanctimonious asshole. Melina Huxley, you are fined one half credit for a sort of voce violation of the verbal morality statute. Thank you. Okay, so we we not only just find out that these people are like completely in a bubble of their own, but they're being fined for cursing. I'm not saying again. We're not that far yet. Get close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting close. We're getting close. Um, I mean, I would argue that we might already be there. You know, because you bring, we bring it up a few times. Uh, the uh, Janet Jackson deal with the uh, now, granted, that was on that was a, t- a tinny on her over the air television, but still, you got fined. So it's a similar type of situation where they're basically getting fined in this movie for inappropriate language. Yeah, and I'm still trying to figure out, and you know, me, me and you dug deep into this and figured out 2004 when she did show that boob, that really did fuck a, a lot of things up. And really, I still don't get how it fucked over radio so bad. Because I got to be honest with you, this is when I started getting a little more into the talk radio. This is when I was going... At this time, I was going back and forth between radio and the talk radio show and radio and the talk radio show. But mm-hmm. when they... I mean, they cut everything. Every... Again, I was still listening to the classic rock stations back then. Every song where there was even the hint of a curse word, they were... I guess you could say just splicing it together. They were cutting it and splicing it so you would hear like a, like a, a, an obvious jerk in the song. Yeah. And that's what they were doing with them. And I was like, man, fuck this. Fuck this shit. And I got to tell you what, they're doing something like this over in China. Actually, the B Megs just brought it up, the personal credit system. They're doing this over in China. There are people who can't get passports and shit because they're, credit system is not up to standard and they're literally judging people by what you do how you speak they have cameras everywhere over there i mean i, I don't know if you've ever seen person of interest that tv no. show i've talked about before it's a supercomputer that basically listens surveillance on the entire city of new york it's basically what they're using over there to do this. And just like BMX says, it is terrifying because if something like that gets over in an, in somewhere like that, guess who's going to want it, dude? The big guys. States. Yeah. The big guys. This, yep. We're going to want it. Ugh. That is what's terrifying, dude. Imagine us switching to a system like that, dude, where, all right, you want to do this, but you don't have enough personal credits because you're not a good enough person. Yeah. Hey, our phones are already tapped, bro, so. Oh, of course they are. Of course they are. Phones tap, computers tap. <laughs> That's just the next step. It's the next logical progression. Yeah, it really is, dude. It really is. I mean, like I said, we're getting. I mean, I, I didn't want, I didn't even think about it, but yeah, he's right. It is terrifying, though, that we can. First of all, the fact that we have the technology to do something like that is terrifying in itself. The fact that we're implementing technologies like that, even if it's not in the United States, is still terrifying. 
No, and and just like just just the concept of somebody, some outside entity being able to determine whether you're a good person or not, eh, that 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 that's just kind of shitty to me. Right, exactly, dude. It, it it's pretty crazy, but uh, yep. We're in Lanina Huxley's office. She has the Lethal Weapon three poster. She has all kinds of stuff from back in the twentieth, again the nineties, and uh, it's just funny, you know, hearing her. But here, let's go ahead and um, after that, we get to Warden Smithers once again, and this is where they are about to parole Simon Phoenix, actually. And I'm going to go ahead and play some of that just because. Fuck it. We started early, and I can. Both reasons. Mr. Simon Phoenix, one of our first and most illustrious members, allow me to welcome you to your parole hearing. Let's get this one over quick. 29 years ago, the parole system as you know it was rendered obsolete. Rendered obsolete. Federal statute 537-29. Stop it! Do you have anything fresh to say on your behalf? I thought not. Yeah, I do. Teddy bear. <laughs> Okay, at this point, he actually knew the code to get out. He says, Teddy Bear, the locks on his uh, shackles come off, and bam, he is kicking ass. Um, using martial arts, we didn't see him using them in the beginning. He was just trying to fight with, uh, Stallone, but he's a badass coming out of here. And he kills Warden Smithers and takes his eye. Now, remember... They're in a society who doesn't see stuff like this. They've never seen someone like Simon Phoenix before. Like, ever. And if you remember that I said the retinal scan, he actually yeah. ripped, takes takes out his eye with a an old... Why he had a calligraphy pen, I'll never figure out. But he did. And Simon Phoenix breaks out, and they start getting... All this, you know, all the things coming into the station that there's something going on in the cryo prison, blah, blah, blah. And they try to find him by his car. Simon Phoenix is who I'm talking about. They try to find yeah. him by his car. And they can't find him, but they do find out that uh, Warden Smithers did die from the injuries he had. Lost a fucking eye, of course. Yeah, guy lost a fucking eye. I would assume he's probably not going to be very happy about that. But uh, this is also where they find out that Simon Phoenix was the one that did it. They start going through who was paroled that morning. And here we go. A little bit. Play a little more yeah. here. God damn it. Here we go. Phoenix. Simon. 745. Simon Phoenix. Phoenix. Simon. I know him. He's evil in a way you've never read about. He's a criminal the likes of which you have never seen. Hold that thought, Zachary Lamb. Simon Phoenix's code now. Access code for Phoenix, Simon. No code found. L7, you're not coming down with another virus, are you? Of course not. You don't get it, Olmina Huxley. Phoenix isn't coded. 
He was chill back during the 20th before they started lowjacking everybody. All right. Now, coded, they're meaning implanted with a chip. Yeah. So all the people in this area are implanted with a chip, um, which is something else being implemented, I believe, in Sweden or Norway. Mm-hmm. They're doing that also. People are, re- are putting in chips in place of credit cards. So, you know, the places are doing stuff like this, and it's just fucking weird. But uh, I'll keep playing a little more because he gets into Simon Phoenix, and he also starts talking about John Spartan here. Declared his own kingdom in South Central L.A. In a bad time, he was the worst. Emergency code 187. Emergency code 187. Locating stopped code. Murder, death, kill. Murder, death, kill. Location, cryo prison parking area. Shout out to Nick Gage. Cryo prison level. Yeah, I always wondered, always wondered if this is where this came from <laughs> i mean mdk murder death kill and they have the three letters highlighted i mean it's always been kind of weird to me and i uh i make references to this movie but i don't think she gets it <laughs> this is not his kind of movie i don't know if you've noticed but not at all so i can see that yeah but i don't know man like i don't know man it's like i said, it's freaky sometimes man i just wonder though if Gage or somebody close to him is a big time demolition fan and they say, hey, you're just getting out of prison and murder, death, kill might be a cool little gimmick, little catchphrase for you. Let's see how that works. Eh, you never know. <laughs> you never know. I've, I've, I've always kind of wondered. But, uh, here we first, go. I mean, it's weird. That's because yeah. he, he, he was the first person that popped in my mind when I saw murder, death, kill. <laughs> yeah. Me too. It, I always wondered. Like I said, I always wondered that. But uh, here we go, a little more of this part. Six. No. Main cryo prison parking zone. Enhancing image. Tracking Dr. Mostow. 187. Deceased. Do you wish to assign a coroner? Tell me, L7. Is a doctor's conveyance still in the parking zone? The answer is no. Car missing. Doctor's conveyance is not in parking zone. It is in motion. Locate precise code fix on doctor's conveyance. Fixing location. Beverly Hills. Robertson. Doheny. Yes. Beverly Drive. Doctor's vehicle has been code fixed. Approaching the corner of Wilshire and Santa Monica Boulevard. Glorious. <laughs> doctor's vehicle ah, has been fine code work. fixed. Okay. So they think they've got them. No problem. We've got them. They're going to go get them. And boy, are they going to make a mistake. Uh, damn shame about William. He didn't see it. He couldn't see it coming. No, couldn't see it coming. A lot of people couldn't see it coming here. Uh, Simon Phoenix has stolen a car. Obviously he gets out. He's at an ATM. And you know what? Let's, 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 let's just do something here. Okay. I want to play another part real fast because there's a guy at the ATM. And this is what he's using the ATM for. And I will, I can definitely see something like this happening in the future where they, where an ATM does stuff like this. Lately, I just don't feel like there's anything special about me. You are an incredibly sensitive man who inspires joy, joy feelings in all those around you. Uh, uh. Get out of here. 
I could see ATMs being cheer up machines very soon in the future. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you, you know, I'm right. Oh, I lost Anthony again. I don't know what is going on with his internet tonight, but, um, you know what? Let's go ahead and take a quick break. I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and take a break. I will get Anthony back in just a motherfucking minute. And uh, we will continue with the movie. All right. We will see you guys in just a minute. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. And uh, here we go. All right. And we're back. Sorry about that. Got Anthony back with me. We are back one more time. Uh, hopefully Anthony won't lose connection again. Damn it, Anthony. Stop that shit. Yes, I'll do my best. All <laughs> right. Anyway, we were at the, um, ATM computer. I'm not even sure what the, I'm not even sure if it's an ATM, but it's more of a computer. And, uh, it's also a machine that tells you how great you are if you're feeling down. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, now before I lost connection, were you saying that you could actually see something like this happening in the future? I uh-huh. I hope not, bro. Uh-huh. Like positive affirmations from the fucking ATM is not where we need to be at, man. No, but I can definitely see it happening. Um, now he's also in here hacking, and this is where he also sees a gentleman named Edgar Friendly, who is Dennis Leary, who basically is kind of an underground guy who is still trying to live the free life and not be under the under the government thumb man so basically he's a a less crazy version of Jesse Ventura is what you're saying i guess <laughs> i guess there you go he he he's not a full blown conspiracy nut but he has his issues yes. with the establishment exactly i mean they're out trying to steal food cuz they can't get food and this and that and but um, a message he pulls up is that he needs to kill Edgar Friendly. And again, he doesn't know. If you remember, they were telling Stallone when they were putting him in that they're going to also alter his behavior while he's in the cryo stage. So they've also altered Snipe's behavior. And we get a little more detailed into that as the movie goes through. But, um, yeah, so he, he's doing that. He sees that part of it and the cops do find him very quickly. And he's surprised by that, but he's fighting the cops off. He's hacking the computer. He's knocking people out. And I'll just go ahead and play some of this part just to let you know. Again, we also hear Rob Snyder here say that they're police and we'll go ahead and just play some of this scene. Let's have some fun. Fuck it. Okay. We're police officers. We're not trained to handle this kind of violence. <laughs> yeah, you should be. Hey, wait for me. He's throwing motherfuckers out of cars and blowing cars up. But uh, Wesley Snipes is, he came out a bad ass motherfucker. 
real badass. I mean, Definitely. not that he isn't anyway, but he obviously there's something going on and he's hacking computers, which obviously he didn't have the ability to do before. So there's something going on, obviously. Uh, we do obviously get more of that information as it goes. But, um, obviously now these people know they've got a fucking big problem on their hands and his name is Simon fucking Phoenix. So let's hear a little bit of what they know about Simon Phoenix. And of course we get the old cop here that used to work with them. Um, and, uh, here we go. Let's play it. Suspect. Zachary Lamb. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? Twelve state manhunt. Satellite surveillance. Yes, sir. A video bite on unsolved mysteries. None of them worked. In the end, it took just one man. One cop. John Spartan. John Spartan? That's right. They called him the demolition man. Spartan file 98345 LAPD. Spartan file 98761C LAPD. Are you sure this is real life? Barely. Spartan is a legend. I've been doing a historical study for 1,000 arrests over three years. All authentic criminals. There was a lot more business back then. How can you justify destroying a $7 million mini-mall to rescue a girl whose ransom was only $25,000? Fuck you, lady! Good answer. Oh, what a good little girl. <laughs> yeah. And I, and honestly, man, it's sad to say, man, but that's where we're at now. Since you got, we're in the era of uh, babies raising babies, mm. you actually see a lot of kids because they're not too much older because their parents are actually not too much older than they fucking are mm-hmm. talking to their kids like they uh talking to their parents like they're crazy yeah well she was talking to a reporter and i mean reporters are kind of scummy anyway so yeah i i i i get it you know but still um, yeah also by the way in lenina huxley's office is the old uh chili peppers album she has a picture of the old album cover up there the uh what was it? Blood, magic, sex, whatever. I don't know the name. I forget the name of it. But she has that picture up there too. So there are a lot of references to the nineties in this movie too. Um, crazy things though. But, uh, yeah. Back after Simon Phoenix, we finally get to hear a little bit about John Spartan and how he was. And obviously this kind of has a new Jack city feeling to it. They need a new Jack cop to catch a new Jack, a new Jack criminal. Huh? You're right. Yeah. Didn't think of it like that, but you're right. Yeah. So if you think about it, it's kind of the same fucking concept without, you know, Ice-T being as cool as he is. But we have Stallone being as cool as he is. Anyway, they take this block out, and of course, they are unfreezing Sylvester Stallone and his character, John Spartan. Um... (laughs) which is probably a good idea because they do need someone like this to catch him. And he's finally unfrozen. They show the whole process. And like I said, we get a little more, uh, we get a little more Stallone, butt here don't really need it, but we get it. Yeah, anyway. We, we, we cannot hide. We cannot skip past that part. We don't need to <laughs> break that part down. Sir. I hate to say, but that's probably why a lot of fucking women went to see this movie. Mm, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. I would assume. 
But uh, again, we'll hear a little bit on uh, after Stallone was unfrozen, kind of some conditions, and obviously this chief does not like him, but uh, here we go. This man comes from a dissimilar method of law enforcement. I'm not sure he's any different than Simon Phoenix himself. Detective? Detective, I am Lieutenant Lenina Huxley. The year is 2032. Now, the reason that you have been released is... How long have I been under? 36 years. Her light was extinguished in the big one of 2010. Um, I guess the big one of 2010 didn't happen, by the way. thought it was like 2012. I thought 2012 was the year the world was going to end, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. Close enough. Wasn't that the year the Mayan calendar ended and we were all scared? Yeah, something like so. that. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. She died in an earthquake. The earthquake. I had a daughter. I promise what happened to her. John Spartan. I'm Chief of Police George Earl. We didn't thaw you out for a family reunion. Consider it fortunate the lieutenant even bothered to do a probe on your wife. This is about you and the cryocon, Simon Phoenix. What? This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. We've had 11 murder-death kills so far. You see... We have become a society of peace, loving, and, and understanding, and we are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with this situation. There have been no deaths of unnatural causes in San Angeles in the last 16 years. <sighs> the Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, San Diego Metroplex were merged in 2011. You are in the center of what used to be Los Angeles. That's great. You, give me a Marlboro. Yes, of course, right away. <laughs> a Marlboro. What's a, a Marlboro? A cigarette, <laughs> any cigarette. Uh, smoking is not good for you, and has been deemed that anything not good for you is bad, hence illegal. Alcohol, caffeine, contact sports, meat. Are you shitting me? John Spartan, you are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. What the hell is that? John Spartan, you are fined one credit. Bad language, chocolate, gasoline, uneducational toys, and anything spicy. Yeah, we're getting there, dude. That's insane, bro. Yeah, we're getting there. Could, could you imagine if this were a thing now? No, we wouldn't be able to do this show. Think about it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we would be broke. I swear, we'd be broke five five minutes into episode one. Definitely, it'd be a blaze of glory, though. Absolutely, try to, I would try to. I would personally try to get as many fucks as I possibly could before uh, they took us off the air. Yep, we'd be out of here. We'd be fucking definitely out of here. Um. Now, they do call this town San Angeles and or San San Angeles. That name was actually supposed to be the name in the movie Blade Runner from 1982. That was supposed to be the name of the city. Uh, it was called something different, but they they took the name somehow. Wow. And used it. So that was actually supposed to be the name of the city. But again, it just gets into how the, uh, how this thing is just really just weird, man. Just fucking weird. And how, again, it's kind of coming into the whole, we're getting here. But, uh, they're obviously using John Spartan, Sylvester Stallone's character, 
try to catch Simon fucking Phoenix. Once again, they need a new Jack cop to catch a new Jack criminal. And uh, here we go. Let's play a little more of this. I'm going now to where he's already suited up. He's not used, obviously, to what's going on. It's been, I think, she's, what did she say, 37 years? Yeah. Something like that. So here we go. I formally convey my presence. He actually touches the guy here. Again, they don't touch. Again, you'll hear right here, Sandra Bullock explains it to him. We are not used to physical contact greetings. Look, I don't know if you guys know it, but you're, uh, you're out of toilet paper. Hey, did, did you say toilet paper? Oh, they used handfuls of wadded paper back in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Rob Schneider. All right. Now, you ready for this? Yes. Okay. He, Sylvester Stallone himself has stated in interviews that the idea behind the three seashells was that the two were used like chopsticks or to clamp together to pull the waist out of the body. And the third seashell was used to scrape what was left over, but there was never an explanation about how they were cleaned or sanitized between uses. Um, and according to the screenwriter, Daniel Waters, the inspiration for the three seashells came when he was writing a scene where John Spartan was supposed to use the bathroom. He was trying to come up with something futuristic that you would find in the bathroom. He was having trouble. He called a buddy, another screenwriter, and the screenwriter basically said, uh, I'm in a bathroom and I have a bag of seashells on the toilet as a decoration. So the screenwriter said, okay, I'll make something out of it. And he did. And he did. Hence... Three seashells. <laughs> the three seashells. We never really figure out exactly what's supposed to happen with the three seashells, but uh, there you go. Um, obviously, they're laughing at him for not knowing what they are. Jesus, I don't even know how I would feel if that were the fucking case. But uh, this right here is where we get into... By the way, this computer, I don't know if you... The, the voice on the computer, I don't know if it sounds familiar to anybody... That's Adrienne Barbeau from Escape from New York. She was in the movie Back to School with um, Rodney Dangerfield. She did an episode of Sons of Anarchy once. She's been acting since the 70s, this this, this woman. And Box, I thought you were going to say it was Alexa. No. The, 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 the uh, great-granddaughter. No. No, but I'm she sorry, was, the great grandmother of Alexa. Yeah, <laughs> she was in Cannonball Run. Uh, she did 95 episodes of Maud. So, Jesus, yes, Bob, you, did, you, don't, you did your fucking research tonight. I got, I, I got IMDb right here, man. But the voice in the computer is actually a very established actor. She's done a bunch of voice work, a bunch of TV work from Murder <laughs> She Wrote to she was even in the Ghostbusters TV series as a voice. Even CBS school specials, they got like a few of them here. This woman has been in a ton of shit. 
dating yeah, back and you, and going and back to the most impressive thing you just said to me was 95 episodes of Maud. Yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she was even in CSI New York as of 2011. General Hospital, she was in 66 episodes uh, in 2010. What's her latest acting credit? Hmm? What's her latest? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but what's no, her latest no. acting credit? Uh, Swamp Thing TV series in 2019. She has a TV series, let's see, a TV series completed for 2019, another one, another one completed, another one, post-production, another one. She has a ton of stuff still going. I mean, because she got to be up there in years. Six, seven, eight, nine. She has 10 things right now that are either in completed in post-production or in pre-production. Good for her. Yeah. And she's like I said, the first credit I have here is from 1976, I believe. Yeah, 1976. So Adrian Barbeau is the voice of the computer. She's a voice in a lot of shit, dude. A lot of fucking shit. So, here we go. Let's play a little more of this. This is where he actually meets Zachary Lamb, the guy that he was uh, on the force with back in the fucking day. Unfortunately, Simon Phoenix was not coded. While you were sleeping, everyone in the city was installed code. Oh, she just said the words while you were sleeping, right? Yeah, and uh, she was not a shame to admit. It's one of my it's one of my favorite uh, Sandra Bullock movies. Yep, very under. Yep, very weird. She says it, and then she starred in the movie while you were sleeping. God damn, mm. man! Like, <laughs> I want another Demolition Man to be made just to see how much more they can predict. Because mm-hmm. so far they're pretty much on point. Yeah, yeah. This this was this was pretty good. So here we go. Let's keep playing it. It was a brilliant idea by Doctor Cocteau that an organically bioengineered microchip be sewn into the skin. Sensors all over the city can zero in on anyone at any time. I can't even conceive a visual of what you police officers did before it was developed. We work for a living. This fascist crap makes me want to puke. What do you think you're scratching, caveman? You really think we'd let you go without control? Your code was implanted the second you thought. Why didn't you just shove a leash up my ass? No matter how Viking your era was, I cannot digest how you ever wore a badge. You're going back, John Spartan. Oh, yes, you're going back. Okay. Everyone has a GPS basically connected to them, is what they're saying. Um, Anthony, you got a cell phone, right? Of course. Yeah, so do we all. We all have a fucking GPS connected to us. It's just not implanted. Yeah. So, Box, <laughs> so I, I, honestly, Box, all jokes aside, all of the technology that we have at our fingertips today, right? As we record this in 2019. Yep. Are you of the belief that we've always had this, all, all of this technology and the rest that they just decided to push it out at different points? Like, in other words, like the GPS they're talking about in 1993. Do you actually think they actually had it in place, say, like 93, 94? They just didn't want to release it to the general public until they decided they were ready, make some money off of it? Uh, I mean, that that would be something I would imagine could happen. Probably did. I would I would assume, yeah, they were probably trying to perfect it, and they were probably trying to see what they could do. Yeah, I, I, I would think we had that technology way before it was released to the public. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I'm trying to think what else they could have did with that. Hmm. GPS, can you think of anything else off the top of your head? No, I mean, they got just just the GPS. I mean, we can use it. 
I mean, I use Waze every day, the GPS. And if I'm using it, they can track me too. They can track me too. So yeah, I, I, I mean, as phones get more technologically advanced, they're, I really believe they're definitely figuring out more ways to track us and track us every time they advance a phone. Dude, yeah. you, I swear to God, the other day, I was at work and I was talking to one of the people in the warehouse. And I'm like, man, I should order a pizza. I'm fucking starving. I don't feel like going anywhere. I go to Facebook. No lie. Three ads pop up for pizza on my fucking timeline. It, yo, I swear. Same shit happens to me. Like, I'll do a search for something. Mm-hmm. All right. On face on a on a Amazon or Google, whatever the fuck. I go on my Facebook and it's just like I'll always see these recommendations. I'm like, where the how the fuck do you know what I be doing? <laughs> like, dude, fuck you, yeah. Zuckerberg. Are you tracking me? Dude, that that motor that I the pump that I said I needed for my my car, I looked it up on Amazon on my phone. I bought it. And literally I go on Facebook and there's Amazon ads for the exact same motor I just looked up. Um what what how what the dude well, let me see <laughs> pmegs in the chat is saying he's he's always heard that they're giving us 30 year old technology I so smartphones something like smartphones he's he's saying might have been around since like the 70s i wouldn't doubt it man jesus christ but because that, that just kind of makes me wonder because all of the technology as fast as they develop it and all of this stuff comes out it gotta make it kind of gotta make you think that they've been sitting on it for a while I wouldn't doubt it, man. You know, you gotta, uh, you gotta put all your shit into it before you, uh, release it to us, us pedestrians, you know? The yeah. public, the public, the, the voters. <laughs> Phones tapped, houses tapped. Everything. Every move now is being tracked. Hell yeah. And, and, and they were, think about it. They had the capabilities to do this stuff before cell phones were a big thing. Now it's just easier. Yeah, and like I said, dude, I mean, they're literally doing things like this in, I forget, like I said, I'm not sure if it's Sweden, the Netherlands, somewhere, maybe Ireland, somewhere over that way, they're doing this exact thing. People are going in and getting chips implanted in place of credit cards. And if you don't think those chips got fucking GPS in them, I think go fuck yourself. I'm not a, I mean, I'm, I like conspiracy theories. I'm into them, but. Come on, man. Think about it. You're, I, I, I'm, no, no one's been planning a chip in me, dude. Fuck that. Now, do you think they're doing it? Well, you're about to be a new father soon. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're uh, doing a whole deal with babies? Cause I don't know where I heard it at, but I heard they were like actually, start, <laughs> somebody started a crazy rumor that they were going to start to implant chips in babies, kind of get them basically tracking them young, tracking them early. Yeah, I don't know about all that, but I mean, my dog is chipped. I know that. Um, seriously? Yep. I got him, uh, I, he was a, uh, rescue. Oh, what, in case he gets lost or something? Yep. He's chipped. So if he ever gets lost, I can tell, if someone takes him to a vet, that's all they have to do, any vet. And if they scan him, yeah, he'll come up. Cool. Mm hmm. So that, that, that so in other words, getting chips had this positives and negatives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and when I 
got him, it, he already had it, and it can't be removed. It's not good. Put them down again to remove it. They get it when they're little puppies. So, yeah. Eh, just happens, dude. But, yeah, I'm glad he's chipped. If, I, if he ever gets lost and someone takes him to a vet, he's going to pop up as my dog. So, that's a good thing. I'll, I, hopefully, I'll always get my dog back in if he ever leaves, which that dog ain't going nowhere. He'll need food within the hour, I promise. Yes, animals are funny like that. They, they, they stick around to the people that are actually feeding them on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. Animals are smarter than humans in a lot of ways. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'll agree with that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to the movie. I feel like we've said that a hundred times already tonight. Um, basically, what happens here is they're trying to still find Simon Phoenix. Obviously, again, this chief of police does not like John Spartan. And his computer says that uh, Simon Phoenix is going to start a new drug lab and try to start a whole new crime syndicate. Spartan says, fuck that. This motherfucker is going for a gun. And they say the only place to get a gun is the museum. So where do they go? To the museum. But before that, I have to play the music they're listening to. Not music, but this is what they are actually in the year 2032. This is what's popular. Sweet. You seem very much alone, John Spartan, but things aren't all that different. Perhaps you'd like to hear an oldie station. Oldies? Oh, what a relief. This is the most popular station in town. Wall to wall mini tunes. You call them commercials. Here's that classic you've all been waiting for. The number. Okay, that first commercial, do you know what that was? The Oh, What a Relief It Is commercial? I feel like I should know that. Okay, those like the early 90s? Those were, no, those were old 80s commercials for Alka-Seltzer. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Hmm. Can't say I remember those then. The bad thing is, I remember that. I am not looking at Google. (laughs) (laughs) So, here we go. Let's play more of this scene. For one request of the day, Armor Hot Dogs. Kids eat Armor Hot Dogs. Oh, wow, this is my fave. Even kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. Armor Hot Dogs. The dogs kids love to bite. Somebody put me back in the fridge. So they're listening to commercials in 2032. Commercials. That's what it is. Uh, anyway, uh, Spartan was right. Stallone's character, Simon Phoenix, is going for a gun. He goes into the museum and is looking for a gun. And it tells him to go to Section 8. I don't know if you know what that actually means. Yeah, military, that's military code for you're fucking nuts and we're kicking you out of the military. Section 8. Did you know that? <laughs> no? No. Oh, that is what it means. It was, I thought it was funny. Uh, anyway, a guy comes up to him and asks, uh, Simon Phoenix, he's trying to break into a, uh, to get the guns. He's trying to break through the glass, but he can't get through it. And then he asks the guy what he weighs, and he throws the guy through the plexiglass, basically. 
And now he's got guns. And of course, <laughs> like I said, John Spartan completely right on this situation. And he goes in. He's pissed. And he's going for Simon Phoenix. And, uh, of course, Simon Phoenix rec- recognizes his voice. So here we go. Let's play some of this shit. It's sealed, is it? <laughs> what can I say? I'm a blast from the past. <laughs> should have stayed there. Oh, boy, that voice sounds familiar. Who is that? Bad A, Blondie. Spartan? John Spartan? Oh, shit, there's anybody into this century. What the hell are you doing here? Simon says please. Great. Just great. Okay. Now, he just said, Simon says please, right? Yeah. I brought up Dennis Rodman earlier, right? With He's the in crazy. a movie called Simon Says. He's in a movie called Simon Says. Jesus fucking. And that is not in IMDb. Jesus, this is some <laughs> fucking kept six degrees of Kevin Bacon type shit going on. Bro. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, bro. Yeah, that's why, actually... why, why wasn't Kevin Bacon in this movie? That would have fucking made that joke more relevant. It really would have. It really would have made it more relevant. But yeah, dude. He, uh, and anyway, obviously Simon Finks recognizes the voice, John Spartan. But yeah, I always, Dennis Rodman, obviously just I guided his hair up to this movie and, was in Simon Says with Dane Cook and uh, John Panette was even in that movie. Oh. Uh, but they are tearing this museum apart with uh, Simon Phoenix and John Spartan. Just, again, demolition man. He's ripping the fucking place apart. Almost catches Simon Phoenix, but Simon gets away. Of course, you got to keep the movie going a little bit. Um, yeah. And again... Simon Phoenix is a badass in this move in this movie after he wakes up. So got a lot more skills. And again, I can't believe that his moves were so fast they had to slow it down. Amazing. Um He escapes from John Spartan. As he's escaping, he goes out a looks like a roof window. And he runs into kind of this guy is sort of playing the I guess the mayor or governor, ruler of this town, San Angeles, uh, Mr. Cocktoes. Yeah, I said Cocktoes. <laughs> you got a problem with it? Fucking deal with the fucking, the, the, the people in the film. Um, and his assistant, Bob. And obviously we find out here he's a little crooked. He's got something to do with this. Um, and obviously this part is very important. So I will go ahead and play this part. Roll it. Of course. Inside being demobilized as we speak. Shit! Ah, oh, being frozen must have thrown my aim off. Don't worry, I'll get you with the next shot. I don't think so. <laughs> no kiss kiss, no bang bang. And you were doing so well. Okay, real quick. He can't pull the trigger. And he doesn't know why. And you know what? I'm not going to tell you until a little bit later. But just know he can't pull the trigger. Literally, his mind won't let him pull the trigger. But you do realize this guy's in on it a little bit. And here we go. Now, don't you have a job to do? 
Isn't there a thought repeating in that barbaric brain of yours? The name Friendly, Mr. Edgar Friendly. Don't you have someone to kill? Yeah, I do. Excellent. Then go and do your job. Venus! Shit. Saved by the bell. All right, so John Spartan and the whole crew, Sandra Bullock and Benjamin Brad, they all pull up. And Simon Phoenix once again on the run. But again, we do find out right there that uh, Mr. Cocktoes has something to do with this. And uh let's go you know what I wasn't gonna play this part. Let's go ahead and play a little bit of the conversation between uh Stallone and him. He kinda knows something's up. You don't know how lucky you are that Maniac didn't whack you. Well I must say that whacking, whatever it is, sounds most disagreeable. <laughs> well, you scared him away. I I don't know how to thank you. You saved my life. No problem. Not bad for a seventy four year old. Simon Phoenix knows he has some competition. He's finally matched his meat. You really licked his ass. That's met his match and kicked kicked his ass. Met met his match and kicked. Okay, real quick, I just want to say something. The fact that she's stupid makes her part and her just so much more adorable in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> but she messes up all these old '90s references that are you know the back in the. 20th and it just again it just makes her a part more i don't know you just want more of her doing stupid stuff like this but play a little more of this real quick captain l who is this man detective john spartan temporarily reinstated the san angeles police department to pursue the escape cryoc on simon phoenix You've told us to do everything in our power to capture the madman. Oh, yes. Yes, I did, I did. Yes, I do recall the exploits of Mr. John Spartan. Yes. Didn't they call him? Yes, of course. The demolition man. It's quite all right, Chief. Unexpected, creative, but quite all right. John Spartan, welcome. Now, in honor of your arrival and your protection of the sanctity of human life, namely my own, <laughs> I would like to invite you to join me to dinner tonight. The both of you. Please, I insist. I would like you to accompany me to Pizza Hut. Okay. Obvious dub right there. If if you watch this version, it's an obvious dub. He says Taco Bell. Uh, I've never noticed. I didn't notice it. I, I thought I had this movie, to be honest with you, and I looked today and I'm like, I don't fucking have this shit. You can find it, can't you, Bob? I can, sure find, you can find the original version if you I wanted can, to. I, I could probably find the original version if I wanted to, but the original version, again, is Taco Bell, where they go. But uh, again, he's like, what the fuck? Again, let's, let's just play a little bit here. Look forward to it. Thank you. <laughs> Pizza Hut? So let me get this right. Basically, Sprockets here, who's now the man in charge, the mayor, Gov, who wants to take me to dinner at Pizza Hut. Though Lord knows I wouldn't mind a pizza. He's also one of the guys that built the goddamn cryo spot. You are fined one pretty Thanks. Dr. Cocteau is the most important man in San Angeles. 
He practically created our whole way of life, Savage. Yeah? Well, he can have it. Now, Phoenix could be anywhere, but not... All right, so you see Stallone thinks he's dirty already, and he kind of knows it. Um, but can't really prove it, obviously, so he's not saying anything. But uh, just, <laughs> again, I'm shocked that I got this Pizza Hut version. I can't, it's kind of blows me away. So you, you you seem genuinely surprised by this uh, development, boss. I again, I'm watching the movie, figuring like, why does this say Pizza Hut? I swore this was Taco Bell. And again, he was shocked that they wanted to go there, but they were the only place to survive the quote unquote restaurant here. You know what? I'll let Lenina Huxley tell the story here. It's for quite some time now. I have, in fact, perused some newsreels from the Schwarzenegger Library. And that time that you took that call... Oh, and the Schwarzenegger Library. Let's, we got to hear this part. Here we go. Hold it. The Schwarzenegger Library? Yes, the Schwarzenegger Presidential Library. Wasn't he an actor when Stop. you... Stop. He was president? <laughs> yes. Even though he was not born in this country, his popularity at the time caused the 61st Amendment, which states that... I anyway, don't want to know. President... You do realize a year later they did put a bill saying that people not born in the United States could actually run for president. Wow, that's insane! And I, you gotta, you gotta figure that was probably a good-natured little ribbon there mm-hmm. on us, the Lone's part, uh, squeezing that line in, little oh. shot at a little dig at Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and if you remember, he takes a little dig at him in the movie me and you reviewed. Um, uh, the uh. The the uh, the the last action hero. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. He did, yeah. Schwarzenegger takes a dig at him in that movie. So I guess this was the dig back. Yeah, whatever. I can't. Yeah, I'll look it up to see which one came out first. But either way, I guess they both got their shots in. Yeah, got their receipts. Yeah, so both of them kind of got receipts in here. But uh, here we go. A little more of this. <laughs> Actually, they might have cut that part since it's, a, since it's a different thing. They might not have wanted to edit that part. Looks like they did. But uh, Simon Phoenix now is getting down into the sewer, the sewer, sewer, where uh, Edward Friendly and all his people live. Again, they're kind of homeless people that are trying to live off the grid. Um, off the grid. <laughs> I, that that's what they're doing. They're trying to live off the grid, bro. I mean, what else do you say? Oh, that's that really is what they're doing. They want it, so they're underground in order not to uh, follow the rules that uh, Mister Cocteau has put in. But uh, you know what? Here we go. Here's a little more of that restaurant part. It's Cocteau guy, anyway. He says I saved his life, which I'm not even sure I did, and my reward is dinner and dance in a pizza hut? I mean, hey, I like a big fat piece of pizza, but come on! Your tone is quasi-facetious, but you do not realize that Pizza Hut was the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars. So? So? Now all restaurants are Pizza Hut. No way. Okay, and again, logos change. It is not Taco Bell like in the original movie. It's fucking weird, dude. It's like Bizarro Land. But 
Oh, wow, Box, you can remember. Well, you, you're a little older than me. Mm-hmm. You, can you remember exactly when Taco Bell came around? Or the first time you first heard of Taco Bell? Oh, Taco Bell was around way, way back, dude. Before I, I, I mean, I just remember Taco Bell being there. I don't remember when. I couldn't oh, so even tell you. Oh, my God. How long has Taco Bell been around? Let's see. Taco Bell uh, starting. There we go. Let's see here. Dude, they've been around since 1962. Jesus Christ. Wow. Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. They started off in California. Founded March 21st, 1962 in Downey, California. Wow. I never would have thought Taco Bell was that old. Yeah. Like I said, I don't remember. I don't remember. Like, just boom. It was there. That's Taco Bell. Yep. No clue. They've been around a long fucking time. But, uh... They do go to Taco Bell slash Pizza Hut. And, I mean, they are, it's it's like a five-star fucking restaurant. All right. what you, Neither what you would expect Pizza Hut nor Taco Bell to be. Yeah, it was classy. They had fuckers playing, playing the piano. I'm like, mm-hmm. no. Yes, exactly, dude. Now, this dress that, uh, what's her name, Sandra Bullock is wearing. This dress weighed 40 pounds, okay? It was made of stones and gems. And there's actually a point in this movie where right after, I'll I'll get to it, but the dress rips. And she's holding her hands to her side to keep the dress from coming off of her. But the dress (laughs) was so fucking heavy in this goddamn movie. But uh, they do go through dinner and all that. And, you know, they're obviously not used to a guy like this being around. But, again, this is such a fancy restaurant. And uh, Stallone is just being himself here. It's just kind of crazy. I'll play a little bit of this real quick. Fuck it. Here we go. How would you learn? Yes. Hi. And how you guys doing? Metal, thank you. How you guys doing? How you guys doing? Huh? Yes. Enjoy, enjoy your meal, sir. Good thing I'm hungry. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask you to raise your glasses to the hero of the hour, my savior, Detective John Spartan. John Spartan. Appreciate it. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. I'm Associate Barb. We met before. Ever so briefly, I was uh, groveling in fear at the time. You got the salt over there, Bob? Um, salt is not good for you, Hansen. is illegal. Serge! Okay, fucking salt is illegal. <laughs> Alright. Fuck that. You make salt illegal, I'm kicking someone's ass. I'm telling you right fucking now. Well, Bob, you're very passionate. What, what, what got you fired up now? If you I, can't salt food, it's not food. Uh, health if, conscious. If you yes, can't they health conscious, bro. salt is the main ingredient to so many fucking things, dude. Steak, chicken, lamb. Uh, I, I can keep going, dude. Salt. You need salt. 
even with desserts, you need salt. Fuck this salt being illegal shit. If that would be one thing that would snap, dude. <laughs> I would snap. I guess they think, I guess they think of the people's health. <laughs> I like so my salt. Do you not like your salt, Anthony? Yeah, I do. I mean, obviously, food has to be seasoned properly, but I actually did cut down on the salt. But yeah, salt is definitely a needed deal. Imagine you get a a thing of fries and there's no salt. This is true. Which you gonna, now, obviously, ketchup would because there's salt and ketchup and there's sugar and ketchup. Yeah, but so it's not. It's not. I, I know what you mean though, because fries without salt are bland as fuck. It's just literally like eating a raw potato. Yeah, fries without salt can go fuck themselves. That's all I'm saying. Go fuck yourself. Fries without salt. Anyway, yeah, but it uh, it is absurd. I do agree though. It uh, it is absurd to fucking make something like salt illegal. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's play a little more of this part. John Spartan, tell me. What do you think of San Angeles 2032? Well, considering the way things were going when I went in, I thought the future would be a riding cesspool. Oh, you weren't here when the real disturbances began. Civilization tried to destroy itself. The city degenerated into a total fear zone. The citizenry cocooning in their homes, afraid to go out. People just wanted the madness over. So when I saw the chance to make things right, I seized it. If I had not, the radiance of San Angeles would not be here. Just your rotting cesspool of hate and suffering. Which would you prefer? Maybe you can book me a flight out of here when the sermon's over. John Spartan, for your crimes, you would surely have died in jail before now. Even you must appreciate the persuasively tranquil humanity of the cryo prison system. I don't want to spoil your dinner, pal. But my cryo sentence was no sweet lullaby. I had feelings and I had thoughts. How about a 36-year nightmare about people caught in a burning building? You were awake. I don't think so. I do think so. And my wife beating her fist against a block of ice that used to be her husband. Then you were nice enough to wake me up and let me know everything that meant something in my life is gone. It would have been more humane to stake me down and leave me to the fucking crows. What would you say if I called you a brutish fossil, symbolic of a decayed era, gratefully forgotten? I don't know. Thanks. <laughs> I, I thought you were... <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Thanks. <laughs> How fucking great is that, dude? Um, but anyway, so obviously you can see in that part yeah, that... They think that these guys being frozen, that they have no feelings, they're just frozen, no feelings, no thoughts, and here they kind of find out they do. Now, after all this little part here, they this is where Dennis Leary sort of uh, makes his presence known in the movie. Not the first time we see him, but this is where he makes his presence more known. And this is where his gang of people uh, actually come up and they start... They're trying to steal food. They're fucking, again, they're fucking hungry people. So they're trying to steal food. And, you know, Stallone is fine with it until he realizes that that's what they're doing is trying to steal food. So, wait a minute. Where were we? Okay, hold on. I got fucking, I actually, right. I, I, skipped, I skipped past the part in the movie and I got lost here. 
But uh, <laughs> I skipped past a uh, a part here. So Stallone actually goes out, of course. Again, these guys are trying to rob the place. And Stallone goes out. He's trying to fucking totally just kick all their asses, which, of course, he does. And realizes they're stealing food. And that's, like, just not cool with him. So, again, we get the, uh, we get a little bit of feelings here. But meanwhile, while he's kicking all these guys' asses, Sandra Bullock, you can see she's getting a little wet. <laughs> With perspiration. She's getting a little hot here. She likes it. She's into it. She's down with it. Um, she's clapping along with everything. Dennis Leary is out there and he's like, yeah, what a fucking hero this guy is. Again, we got a Pizza Hut logo where our Taco Bell logo used to be. But, um, here we go. Again, he finds out they're just trying to steal food. And, uh, here we go. Let's play a little bit of this. Sheriff, who are those guys? They're known as scraps. Outcasts and deserters who choose to live beneath us in sewers and abandoned tunnels. They're a constant irritation to our harmony. They're nothing but thugs and hooligans. A society of thieves. The last remaining criminal element in the city. But plans are in progress to purge this peril from our day. You are even better live than on Laserdisc. And the joy joy way you pause to make a glib witticism before doing battle with that strangely weapon scrap in those roundhouse punches. Honestly, look, this isn't the Wild West, okay? The Wild West wasn't even the Wild West. Okay, right here, when she's doing the swinging, like she's trying to reenact what he did, you'll see suddenly her hands go to her side. That dress she had on ripped. <laughs> All down the back. And uh, her hands going to her side were keeping the dress on and not ripping anymore. So <laughs> that heavy ass. Ooh, I wish they had caught that part. But anyway, um, that heavy dress ripped on her. And uh, again, he's just not happy there that people are going for food. And again, he thinks this cocktail guy is really not a good person. But he's unfortunately one of the only ones who thinks that. Um but we go back a little, and if we go back a now he goes to the, Stallone, goes to his apartment finally. Now, before this, though, he's driving back with uh, Mrs. Huxley, and there's a little sex thing that goes on here. Yeah. Now, sex in the 2032 is basically VR helmets. <laughs> It's virtual fucking reality. And it's pretty fucking creepy, man. <laughs> we honestly not too all farmer though. I mean, you think about it. Yeah. A lot of people I mean, some people now would prefer that over a real fucking woman at this point. Pretty fucking and, scary. And think about it, not blow up dolls, but they got the uh new uh I guess sex dolls that's the, like more realistic. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah, they got those new fucking those. They're literally like fucking robots. They're sex bots. They're ooh, yeah. And they, some of them look not bad, but then you're like, what the fuck, man? People are fucking just weird. Yeah. There's some weird shit going on out there, but uh yeah, literally they get into this little scene where they're doing that with literally with VR helmets on, and it freaks Stallone the fuck out and he walks out of there 
But uh, I did miss one part before that. I'm sorry about that. Like I said, I skipped a, I skipped a bookmark and it fucked me up. Uh, this is where Simon Phoenix actually goes in and we find out really how they're working together. And here we go. Go ahead. You try it. Illuminate. Ah. Raymond. Raymond, we got to talk. How did you get in? Wish I knew. I got past the codes, routes to secret underground kingdoms, complete access to the industrial data grid interface. Now I don't even know what that shit means. <laughs> but I be meaning to ask you about it. Because I like it. I like it a lot. Your skills were given you for a reason. Not for your personal amusement. Your job is to kill Mr. Edgar Friendly and stop a revolution before he precipitates. That was why you were rehabilitated. All right. I'm going to do you a little dastardly deed for you. But it's going to be a little bit more difficult than you thought. And I'm going to need some help. I'll need about five or six more special men. And I just so happen to have a list. You see, I wouldn't want you to defrost any of those mad dog killer types, you know what I mean? And none of them motherfuckers from New York. They're too uptight. So you're going to be the only mad dog killer type, right? <laughs> Exactamundo. <laughs> Fine. Take care of it. Just get it over with. You're beginning to be more trouble than you're worth. Oh, Raymond, don't say that. And what do I get out of all of this? What do you want? Malibu. Santa Monica. Hell, what about all the coastal cities? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll bear it in mind. Good, I'll send you a memo. Just do your jump. What? All right, so here we find out that uh, this Cocteau's guy was the one who basically hacked the system, gave him his skills, uh, and for the reason to kill Edgar Friendly, played by Dennis Leary, and gave him all the hacking skills and everything. Now, they do figure that out, uh, him and um, uh, Stallone and Lena Hugsley, Lenita yeah. Hugsley. Uh, they do figure that out that he did because Stallone was wondering why he knitted a sweater for <laughs> Miss Huxley. And, uh, actually we can go ahead and play that part right now. After this part, I do really have to take a piss. So let's go okay. ahead and play this part. I'll take a piss and then we'll get back to the movie. Here we go. Look, I don't know what you guys put into my cryo slush, but when I thought out, the first thing I wanted to do was knit. I mean, how come I know what a zipper foot and a shuttle and a hook and bobbin and a petty point is? I can weave a throw rug right now with my eyes closed. <laughs> it's part of your rehab program. For each inmate, the computer draws up a skill or trade which best suits their genetic disposition. And it would implant the knowledge and the desire to carry out whatever training was assigned. I'm a seamstress? Oh, that's just great. I come out of cryo prison and I'm Betsy fucking Ross. And Phoenix comes out and he can access computers, operate all vehicles, knows the location of every damn thing in town, and is three times stronger than when he went in. Can you give me Phoenix's rehab program now? Sure. I'm a seamstress. Access code for Simon Phoenix? Access Simon Phoenix. Accessing 
Access denied. What? Security overrides. This can't be right. Access granted, Officer Huxley. Accessing Simon Phoenix Deep File Rehab 65R. Urban Combat Kill, Torture Methodology, Computer Override Authority, Survival Tactics, Terrorism Tactics, Weapons Training, Martial Arts, Murder Death Kill, Explosives Technician, Violent <laughs> Behavior. This isn't a proper rehabilitation. Alright, so basically they made a fucking terrorist out of this guy. Simon Phoenix. Uh, and they taught Sylvester Stallone how to knit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, on that note, I'm going to go take a really quick bathroom break uh and we will be back in literally five minutes so just give me a minute here anthony i know where this isn't planned but if i don't pee it's gonna be a bad scene here so on that note we shall return thank you all right Alright, once again we're back, sorry about that Whew, I had a piss like a motherfucker Sorry about that, anyway uh, Okay, so back to the movie We just found out that Lenina Huxley and John Spartan Know that Wesley Snipes has been turned to a badass motherfucker And they know Cocktoes did it <laughs> That name, Bob. I know. Ooh. I know. I'm not sure if it's cock toast or cock toast. Uh, let's, 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 uh, let's go back and see here. Let's, let's find out here. What What is the exact name? Let's see. Is it cock toast or cock toe? Oh, it's cock toe. Cock toe. Okay, I can remember that. Cock toe. Got it. Got it, Anthony? Yes. All right. That's how I mean. That doesn't sound. It sounds a little bit, a little lot better than cock toes. Yeah. All right. Well, cock toes, cock toe. I just pluralized it basically. Anyway, let's go ahead and keep going here. Um, and they actually go in to confront the guy. And guess what? That motherfucker's not there. He's on video call. He's skyping in. These bastard. But here we go. Mellow apologies for my lack of physical disposition, Detective, but I do have an entire city gov to run. Yeah, we'll run this. You programmed Phoenix's rehab to turn him into a terrorist, and I don't think his escape was an accident either. Very subtle. Thank you. Now, outside the museum, why didn't he blow your brains out? What'd you say to him? I honestly don't remember. Does it matter? Yeah, it matters. I saw the security disc. He had a full ten seconds to figure out where to put the hole in your fucking head. John Spartan, this display of barbaric behavior was unacceptable even in your time. Yeah. But it worked. When a man like Phoenix has a gun to your head, ten seconds is nine and a half seconds longer than you live. Not everyone is as eager as you to resort to violence to solve all the difficulties in life. Even now, I'm beginning to wonder if the chaos in the museum was the result of Mr. Phoenix's presence or your own. I wonder about this shithead. If you think you've got this maniac under control. Okay, he found out where he was Skyping from. That's what happened, Anthony. <laughs> and now he's got a gun to his head. All right? He found out. He, he basically swatted him. 
but in real life. Yes, there's a lesson somewhere in there. There is somewhere in there a lesson that that contributes to the 2019 world. But let's not worry about it. Let's just keep playing. Oh, trust me, you don't. Is there something specific you plan to do with that archaic device? John Spartan. No, I didn't think so. Detective, the only thing I haven't got under control is you. But that can be solved. You, my Cro-Magnon friend, are dead. Your family's dead, your past is dead. Dead things cannot affect the living. So, enjoy your moment of prehistoric bravado, because after you leave here, it will be over. Like everything else in your life. Officer, return this man to cryostasis immediately. Be well. Be fucked. Johnsman, you are fine. One... He shot the cursing finding machine and poor assistant Bob passed out. But, uh, yeah, he was scheduled to go back to cryo and be frozen yeah. again. But, of course, that ain't going to happen. And uh, Lenina Huxley and Benjamin Bratt's character, they decide, fuck it. Let's go down into the sewer and sewer. figure out the sewer and figure out what in the hell is going on. Uh, and they do go down there. And it stinks like it should. And I mean, they go down a box. You said they go down there. Go down where? In the sewer. You missed it, bro. It's okay. What? Down where? <laughs> down there. <laughs> Here we go. Another you, 90s reference. You know where down there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So they go, uh, down in the sewer. And again, this is where Edgar Friendly and all his people live. And, uh, Stallone smells something he hasn't smelled in a while. <laughs> and no. It ain't pussy. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it should be, but it's not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, hey, just relax. All I want's a burger and a beer if you get one. How am I going to pay? Huxley, hmm. it is better to give. Oh, it's a Rolex. Una cerveza, por favor. And he knows Spanish, and uh, they have Rolexes still in 2032. That's good. Everyone needs a Rolex. But anyway, yeah. uh, here we go. So he's getting a burger and a beer from someone down there cooking burgers. Wait till he finds out what they are. Uh, what is like? Uh, <laughs> Gracias, señor. Buenos dias, señor. Oh, no. Thank you. I think I'm oh. going to be sick. Oh, oh, God. Oh. This is fantastic. You guys got to try oh, this. My. Just don't ask where the meat comes from. <clears throat> Huxley, what's that supposed to mean? Do you see any cows around here, Detective? Okay, yes, that's the carne. Esta carne es de rata. Rat. This is a rat burger. Not bad. Matter of fact, it's the best burger I've had in years. 
Gracias, señor. Prego. See you later. Rat burger. He's eating a rat burger. Uh. He doesn't even stop, by the way. Um, and you know what? When you haven't had a burger in a long time, that might actually not be a bad fucking burger. And with the beer, it might not be horrible. Might not be horrible. Who knows? Yeah. Seriously. I hear, I hear rat burgers were popular in the wrestling industry. What? Were they? Right. <laughs> Get it? Rat burger? Plus, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The old fur burgers. But, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, and they're walking through after this, and most of the people are a little bit scared of them. And uh, they come across a fucking classic car. And we're definitely going to play that scene. Yes. Now that's a thing of beauty. Hoxley, do you know what this is? A 1970 Oldsmobile 442. With a 455 cubic inch engine, radial tires, and, and bucket seats. I'm impressed. I studied. So did I. And of the glow rat. Your friends, too. Come on, move. Ow! Ow! You got ball balls, cop, coming down here after the show you put on. We're looking for a murder death killer. Can you help or just bully us with your primitive weapons? Well, maybe they're not so primitive. So you think you're taking me in, huh? Guess what? Not happening. You tell Cocteau we can kiss my ass. Yeah, that's right. Okay, real quick. Uh, Dennis Leary, after they finally found the right guy to play this part, they rewrote the whole part they wanted to this leery <laughs> they wanted these rants from him this is what they wanted basically when i say they rewrote his whole part they let him go they let him do what he wanted to do so here we go play a little more you're about to hear dennis leary do what dennis leary does you tell Kato it's going to take an army of assholes to get rid of me because i don't give a shit i got nothing to lose i don't want to rain on your parade pal but I don't know who the hell you are, let alone want to take you anyway. So stay here, be well, and Cocteau's an asshole! Hey, 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 man. Let's take him and dump him up top. They're only down here to spy on us. Wait a minute. You're the guy outside Pizza Hut. Yeah. Taco Bell. What do you want? <laughs> I guess you weren't part of the Cocteau plan. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. That's why everybody's down here? You got that right. See, according to Cocteau's plan, I'm the enemy. Because I like to think. I like to read. I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who likes to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in the non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen this future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. You live up top, you live Cocteau's way. What he wants, when he wants, how he wants. Your other choice? Come down here. Maybe starve to death. All right, then why don't you take charge and lead these people out of here? 
I'm no leader. I do what I have to do. Sometimes people come with me. All I want to do is bury Cocteau up to his neck and shit and let him think happy, happy thoughts forever. And I got bad news. I think he wants to kill you. And he's right. Obviously. Um, so there we go. Dennis Leary doing what he does. Rant very fucking well. And um, right as they're down there, we get Simon Phoenix up there with his crew of cryocons. And again, we get a little little glimpse of Jesse Ventura has no speaking lines. Basically, he just laughs. And I think you only see him for like a few seconds Yeah, in correct. this movie. But uh, Simon Phoenix gives a good speech here. And once again, we're going to let it roll. This review. The year is 2032. That's 2032, as in the 21st century. And I am sorry to say that the world has become a pussy-whipped Brady Bunch version of itself. Okay, let's stop there. (laughs) A pussy-whipped Brady version of itself. Um, (laughs) That was a good line. I can't agree more. It has. We have and it has. We are, we are, we are cowering to people who think emotions are, you know, have Trump over actual facts. And it's, it's, yes, we are actually at the pussified world now. I hate it, but we're here. And let's roll on with this speech. A bunch of robed sissies. All we have to do to run the whole thing is to kill a man named Raymond, who put it all together. Ah, but there's an extra added bonus. We get to kill the man who put most of us behind the freezer. You mean we get to kill John Spartan? Exactly. I want you to loot, pillage, plunder. I want you to steal. I want you to do all the wonderful things that we used to do before all of this happened. <laughs> this world will be ours. Let's bring back the good old days. Are you with me? Are you with me? Let's do it. It is. Oh shit! You know what they're talking about, Anthony? They're gonna lie, cheat, and steal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. They're going to lie, cheat, and steal. That's what they're going to fucking do right there, man. Are, are you with me? I I, it looks like they're with them. And, of course, they are with them. And now they're down in those trenches already. And they don't even... Uh, the the cops and Dennis Leary don't even know it. Uh, a huge gunfight ensues, which I am not obviously not going to play um but yeah it's a gunfight snipes gets out of there even benjamin bratt who was the kind of nerdy kind of guy who just assimilated to whatever anybody else wanted uh kind of became a badass but simon phoenix does escape get back up and uh spartan does chase him and in that fucking goddamn 442 and uh eventually he does get into an accident of course and um this weird foam comes out and saves him so luckily 
he's okay from whatever accident because he finally got into a car. And uh, here we go. Let's go ahead. I have one more scene to play here where after he gets into the accident, all the guys come up to him. Now, this is where they start to actually become one. And they're actually going to... Dennis Leary and everybody, The he's actually going to start taking over. And this is where they start taking out Mr. Cocteau. One toe. Only one <laughs> toe. Not plural. Not two to Not cocktoes. Only one cock for a toe. God damn it. And Bo- God damn it. Chill, box. Chill, box, and get the papers. The papers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get the papers. The papers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. A little bit of uh, Dennis Leary. Leary. Engage yourselves. Relax. Well, look at you. You get a bump in the noggin and you think you're Pancho Villa? Time to take a stand, pal. Oh, good. And while you're doing it, loan me a gun. Loan me two guns. You would use these weapons of mass destruction against men and women who uphold the law? I use these weapons to shop for groceries, dick. Spartan, wait. You can't leave. You're under arrest. This very concept negates the possibility of your leaving. Skip it, Chief. Lieutenant Huxley. Chief, you can take this job and you can shovel it. Take this job and shovel it. Yeah? Close enough. I don't know if you know, Anthony, but it was take this job and shove it. Uh, I could relate so much to Stallone in that scene there. No, I mean, that's the real saying. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about bef- just before that. Yeah, but I mean, do you... No, 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 nothing worse than, like, you, you, you always feel you're oldest when your uh, jokes are don't land or when your references like people like who mm-hmm. but, oh but do you Jesus. know that song have you ever heard that song before yeah you really have uh which one the, the punch of one no the johnny paycheck song that that actually came from no i didn't that saying came from a country song by a man named johnny paycheck would not surprise me why does it not surprise me <laughs> Shouldn't surprise you because, goddammit, after this little ad right here, I will actually let you hear the song. Okay. All right. Give me five, four, three, two, one. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. <laughs> woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. I've been working in this factory for now 15 years. There you go. Another song yeah. from my another song from my childhood, I hate to tell you. You look at it like you box because that was god awful. Oh man! <laughs> Come on, man! It wasn't a bad song at all. Take you don't that like song the, and shove it. <laughs> you don't like Johnny Paycheck? <laughs> no, Jesus. All right, all right. There we go. All right, but that is where the saying comes from. Take this job and shove it. That is actually where the saying comes from. 
Uh, but there, now you know, and you hate the song. But uh, <laughs> at least now I know you hate the song. But uh, they do go after Simon Phoenix. And um, actually, still, uh, Sandra Bullock is dying to go after Simon Phoenix with Stallone. Um, he's smart enough to know that if she goes with him, she's dead. He knocks her out instead of going with him. And uh, he goes after him by himself. And we end up in the cryo prison, which is where he's going after him. And um, they even mention people like Jeffrey Dahmer in this scene. Uh, wow. Which actually outdated the movie. If they're in 2032, and if the movie took place, there was, a, I believe, Jeffrey Dahmer. Like 95, wasn't he? He was killed in jail in 96. So technically, it would have happened close to the beginning of the movie, right? So yeah. he was killed in jail when this movie technically took place. So he wouldn't have been cryogenically frozen. Um, he would have been dead for years. Yeah, he would have already been dead for a very, very long time. But he does knock her out, and we do get a little bit of a Simon Phoenix is in the um, the little cryo prison, and of course, he's trying to release everyone he can into the city to cause absolute fucking havoc which that's pretty much what a villain does and uh let's play a little bit here we go okay what do we have left that's good huh oh let's see wilkes patrick jeffrey Dahmer. i love that guy look we gotta get him how long before the rest are done they're in the final stages of reanimation sir great absolutely great oh we forgot a very important part uh, he did kill Cocteau. Now, remember, I said he couldn't do it, but what happened was he had Jesse Ventura do it for him. Yep. So Cocteau at this point is dead, and at this point, obviously, Simon Phoenix feels this is his time to take over, and that's what he's trying to do here. Gentlemen, thank you very much, but your services will no longer be required. He just took out all the workers in there that were helping him. And, of course, once again, we go back to the beginning and we get the exact same line coming up in a few seconds here. Send a maniac to catch a maniac. There we go. And that was the line. Send yeah. a maniac. Well, in the beginning, he said send a maniac to catch one. Now he says send a maniac to catch a maniac. A little difference between the two, but they're still the same lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. Um, and, of course, he goes into the cryo prison. John Spartan does. He's killing motherfuckers everywhere. Everywhere. I mean everywhere. And uh, even Assistant Bob, but he doesn't kill Assistant Bob. Now, I did say there was a reason for the scene I played a while ago on losing... When uh, Simon Phoenix said that I would lose my head if it wasn't attached. And John Spartan said, I'll keep that in mind. Um, as the fight scene goes on here, and I'm not going to go through the whole fight scene at all. But, uh, you know, at one point, of course, it's a usual fight scene. 
at one point, Wesley Snipes has the upper hand. At one point, John Spartan has the upper hand. Um, but they do go down. And at one point, there is a part where John Spartan is fighting him. And uh, he hits the cryo. He finds one of the cryogenic pills that stop the whole thing. And he kicks Simon Phoenix's head off his body once he's frozen. So, again, I said before there was some foreshadowing from that part in the movie that I played. There it was. Yeah. Yep. But I, I, I like how we kind of like tied that in from the beginning and makes sense in the end now. Yeah. Yeah, it does. He literally kicks his head off of his body. Remember, he said he'll keep that in mind. So it did play into the end of the movie, which, again, makes for a good movie when you can take something from literally the first 15 minutes of the movie, not even the first, like the first 10 minutes of the movie and tie it into the end of the movie where, you know, a character says I lose my head and he actually gets his head kicked off and shattered because he's frozen at the end of the movie. Ain't that a kick in the head? Ain't that a kick in the head? Little Dean Martin there. There you go. Did you know? <laughs> did you know that was Dean Martin? I don't know. I probably did. Probably yeah, yeah, did. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably did. All right. But at the end of the day, I didn't necessarily know it was Dean Martin, but I've heard that phrase a bunch of times, and I do remember hearing the song growing up. Yeah, yeah. My parents, big uh, Rat Pack fans. So anyway, we get to the end, and uh, let's hear a little shit talk. You have apprehended the villain responsible for the murder of our beloved Dr. Raymond Cocteau? Well, I wouldn't exactly say apprehended. Let's just say he's history. And the crowd prison? That's history, too. What will we do? How will we live? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go out drinking, all of us get shit-faced and paint the town, literally. Put up graffiti, slogans. It'll be a blast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. Why don't you get a little dirty? You will like to clean. And somewhere in the middle... I don't know. You'll figure it out. Fucking A. <laughs> well put. Mr. Friendly. Mr. Friendly. Greetings and salutations, Edgar Friendly. I'm Associate Bob. And may I say it would be a great pleasure to assist you in creating a more humane... Bob, center. Bob, let's talk about the hair, okay? Hair? Pick a color, all right? And lose the kimono. You look like a couch. Yeah, are you a surgeon with these gloves? <laughs> Okay, and obviously, uh, he gets the girl at the end. It's a movie. It's a Stallone movie. Stallone's gotta get the girl at the end. And, uh, instead of the VR sex, he hints towards a little more, uh, traditional banging. Thank you for rendering me unconscious. Huxley, I did it for your own good. Oh shit, I didn't mean date rape. I'm sorry, guys. Hold on. Wait a minute. I didn't mean he knocked her unconscious and raped her. I don't know. Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> Box, I know it's late. You might be a little punch drunk, but you gotta ease up on that, man. He does hint towards you know, you know, more. Fez is he hints towards more consensual sex in a minute. Hold on, please. Must be a team. We are. Oh my. 
Are all fluid transfer activities like this? Better. Better? Why? I think I'm going to like the future. Now that you've demolished everything. But there's just one thing I want to know. Hmm. How's that damn three seashell thing work? See, we never get the seashell thing, Anthony. Never. I know. It's implied, but not there. But uh, Lisa Stallone gets to have some consensual fun with his uh, consensual penis instead of a... Uh, oh, what's her name? <laughs> <sighs> Gucci witch. Uh, but yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. Oh, wait. No, Sandra Bullock. That's who I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, of course, this movie wraps up great. Again, I love the fact that, you know, the the beginning wraps into the end. And I don't know, man, this is literally one of the reasons I wanted to do this movie is because we're not even in 2032. And in 2019, we're already touching on some of these futuristic things from 1993 when this movie came out. And it's a little yeah. scary. It's a little yeah, scary. No. Go ahead, Anthony. That's it. It is a little scary, but once again, man, like this movie taught me not so much back then, but now rewatching it for this uh, movie review, pay attention to everything and trust nothing. Trust nothing of what you hear. There you go. But all of what you see. Yeah, man, it's, 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 it, it but uh, this is a lot of the, uh, the, the, this movie here is definitely one I've been wanting to do for a while. So. Yeah. And I, and I've heard you say that like demolition really did predict the future. And I really didn't get it until I actually sat down and rewatched. I'm like, damn it. Box was right. He's right every now and then. Yeah, every now and then. But this movie really is predicting a lot of things I saw like I said that are happening now that are probably could happen in the uh in the near future. You know? Yeah. I mean it's 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 getting a little weird out there right now and but I mean a lot of the things in this movie are already being touched upon, like I said, the uh the chipping, people being chipped and everything like that. It's yeah. it is fucking happening like right now. Yeah, some uh, somebody from the Pussified era needs to write an article on this movie instead of watching uh, American Pie or Porky's or fucking Revenge of the Nerds or Animal House and getting offended and finding ways to pick those movies apart. Pick this movie apart. Break yeah. this movie down. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Stop. You know what? Don't even watch all those movies you just mentioned. Porky's animal house don't even watch them because you're ruining them yeah. you're ruining them those movies are not anything you say that was a different time a different mentality different culture different people i mean you could go back and forth so it, it I, I just don't want to i don't want to get that far you know and, you know, like I said, even actors right now are dividing their audience. They're splitting yep. their audience in half. And I don't get it. 
I, I don't get it. It's just, yeah. it's not good. I really think that, uh, like I said, this movie is depictive of where we're heading. And I think we need yeah. to sort of back it up a little bit. Back it up. Yeah, slow down. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, now, Shaheen said he's got something for us, but, uh, it's really fucking late. <laughs> I don't know if we should take a quick break and see if he's got anything or if we should just wrap up. Is this wrestling related, movie related, show related? I don't know. Let's take a quick break. Luckily, if you're downloading this, it won't matter. Let's take a quick break. Let me see if I can get a hold of them and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Give us, uh, just a minute here and then we'll, uh, We'll come on back. Hold on. Sorry about that right there. Uh, We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, this movie here. I fucking love this movie. Been dying to do it Um, again. Kind of tying into the, uh, the current events happening now. And I. You know, this was this is supposed to be twenty thirty two and uh we're way off of that. <laughs> and yeah. uh it's it's stuff that's kinda happening now. So definitely a kind of a it's it it's a current event movie without being a current event movie, if you will. If you will. If you will. So I don't know, man. I guess uh on that note we can go ahead and wrap this motherfucker up. What do you think? Let's wrap it up. Thank you for joining us, folks. Definitely. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I know we, uh, I forgot to mention last week that we weren't doing a show, but with, uh, WrestleMania and NXT and the fucking Hall of Fame, I didn't think anybody would want to be up for listening to uh, anything at all from us. So, uh, we just went ahead and took the, uh, the week off, but, uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks here. And I appreciate everybody joining us live. Everybody that uh, is going to download this, appreciate everybody. And on that note, love you, see ya, and we will see y'all next time. For the uh, very special 100th episode slash three-year anniversary show. So stay tuned for that. Got some surprises lined up for you guys. Damn right. I believe we said we were going to do some old commercials. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Later. Peace. See ya. Georgia, he was looking for a 